You were made to be ruled. In the end, it will be every man for himself. What do we do? We get ready. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people. So when we needed them, they could fight the battles that we never could. Gentlemen, what are you prepared to do? No offense, but I don't play well with others. Big man in a suit of armor. Take that away, what are you? A uh, genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. <laughs> if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn sure we'll avenge it. Dr. Banner, your work is unparalleled, and I'm a huge fan of the way you lose control and turn into an enormous green rage monster. Thanks. This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast, also known as the IPC, and we're broadcasting live right here on channel 1138.com and also coming to you through the power of iTunes and Google Play and StarWarsUnderworld.com or however else you listen to podcasts. We don't care, as long as you're here, as long as you're with us, and... We've got a treat for you guys tonight. We've got something special planned for you guys tonight. Something a bit different. Something we've actually never, ever really done before. There was one thing that we've done similar to this, and it wasn't anything like this before. So this is going to be really, really fun, really, really interesting. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Before we get into it, of course, introductions are in order. If you are unfamiliar, my name is Ben. And joining me, as he always does, it is my good friend and co-host, Mr. Zach Arnold. Zach What's up, man? Uh, not the temperature, I'll tell you that much. It is full-blown winter down here in uh, Texas, man. I'm telling you. It, it. I mean, I had to wear three layers of clothes just to go outside yesterday. It was crazy. <laughs> but also, people in the Deep South aren't really prepared for any kind of cold weather. 
I yes. Oh my god. It's it's terrifying. Like anything below zero Celsius is just unnatural down here in the south. If if you're if you're south of Tennessee, really, any anything below thirty two Fahrenheit, zero degrees Celsius, you are just not prepared for. And uh, I just I I've been in a very mild winter. I think I could have worn short sleeves at Christmas. You know, it's just yes. been that kind of a kind of a season. And now we're finally getting to the cold weather, and it's like, oh, I better find something other than my blue jeans to wear. I gotta like put layers underneath this thing. But here's the thing. I've discovered that the warmest part of my body, like the regulated part of my warmth, centers around my feet. Oh. If my feet are cold, the rest of me gets cold. If my feet are warm, then I feel warm. It's weird. I don't know physiologically how it works, but that's how it happens. So this year, I have tried, anytime there's cold weather outside... I have tried to double up on the layers of socks that I wear. Oh, okay. And so far, it's worked out okay. So right now, it's kind of in the testing stage. But my theory is if I wear enough layers of socks, I may not have to wear as many layers of clothes in other places, which would be a real relief because it takes me twice as long to get ready to go out the door these days just to make sure I don't freeze my butt off. Yeah, the ultimate test will be to wear, like, five pairs of socks and no clothes and see if you're cold. Dude, are you challenging me to go streaking or something? Because... I, I don't want to be an accessory, so <laughs> no. But, I mean, knock yourself out. I mean, okay, so back in the day, I used to be able to wear gym shorts and a tank top and ride my Razor scooter in 40-degree weather. <laughs> But I was like 10 when I did that. It's been about a decade and a half since then, and I've learned a thing or two. Like Frostbite, for instance. So It's a little bit smarter now. I'm just, I'm a, just little a, a little bit. Just a, just a wee bit. Uh, I've, only, I've only gotten, you know, an associate's degree and a bachelor's degree since then. So uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe there's some smarts that have applied there somewhere down the line. But, you know, I, here's the weird thing. I'm still a little bit of a kid at heart. And the reason we're kind of doing these quote-unquote ice breakers, if you'll pardon the weather pun, is because we're not going to be discussing the news tonight. We're jumping straight into what we've got for you. We're, we're going right into the meat and potatoes tonight. So uh, I'm going I'm to give you guys one last little icebreaker, and that is that uh, even though it's been a decade and a half since I've done stuff like that, I still own that scooter. And every now and again, I still ride it. I am truly a child at heart. And I got to bring out my inner child a little bit today by indulging myself in a purchase I made uh, using Christmas money. This is, this, is, this is something that we usually talk about before the show, but I decided since we're getting right into it tonight, I'll give you guys a, a preview of some of the stuff that you might get to listen to if you listen live on Channel 1138 every Friday. Um, we'll have this thing called Storytime with Zach, and I'll give some sort of update on my life before the show goes live and before all this stuff gets edited out on the program, but you get, like, a special bonus content today, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, I decided to feed my inner child, uh, when last year, last Christmas, actually, my mom bought me this 18-inch by 18-inch pillow of Nicolas Cage, 
For those of you who know me, I have done a couple of pranks using Nicolas Cage's face over the years. And so it was very special to me. But then I was on iFunny a couple of months later and found out that it was actually a series. It wasn't just Nicolas Cage's face plastered onto a pillow. There were other actors and actresses that have been photoshopped in this in a similar fashion because Nicolas Cage isn't just Nicolas Cage. He is wearing like 17th century admiralty garb and it looks freaking amazing. Wow. But, but I found out that other actors have been photoshopped in a similar fashion. So uh, with my Christmas money, I went and bought the cases to several other actors who have been put into similar admiralty garb. When they arrived, I thought I was getting, like, the actual pillows, but it turned out to be just the cases. So today, which was payday, I went to my local craft store with my grandma, and we bought stuffing to go inside these pillowcases. Oh. Lo and behold, Ben, if you will check your Facebook uh, notifications... Okay. I spent the evening stuffing these pillows so that Mr. Cage may have companions. Oh my good lord. <laughs> okay, can I can I say who it is? Can I say can I say who 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 we got here? By all means, sir. By all okay, means. Okay, so from from left to right, we've got Christopher Walken, Sir Ian McKellen, we've got Morgan Freeman in the back, we've got Robin Williams, we've got uh, Sir Patrick Stewart, and we've got a uh, good old. Uh, why am I forgetting his name? Um, Sean Connery. Sean Connery. I, I, I'm 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 just thinking of the meme "Hot Shingles Jache." Um, <laughs> that's, that's what came to mind, and of course, Nicolas Cage thing. That is amazing. Yep, yep, yep. I went out. I was actually like comparing prices because apparently stuffing is super expensive, and I didn't realize it. Um, stuffing for pillows is not cheap, apparently. And uh, I I found some on a discount at a clearance, and then I actually found some 18 by 18 pillows that were on clearance for like $4. And I decided, you know what? I'm not going to use the fabric. I'm just going to use the stuffing. I took a knife to these pillows, pulled the stuffing out of these $4 clearance pillows, and put them into my own pillowcases, damn it. Ingenious. And now I only have one pillow left to go, and I'll probably be doing that after the podcast. Um, I, I have all of these gentlemen, and then I decided I would go a little bit younger and, and get somebody who is maybe, like, youthfully rising up through the ranks of the Admiralty. And I found uh, none other than Mr. Frodo Baggins himself, Elijah Wood. Oh wow, that's great! You've got to get that picture up on our Facebook page and our Twitter. Oh, so absolutely! Can see this, so, absolutely, guys, go go check that out if you're if you're listening in the future, because um, definitely that's that is brilliant. I love it. Yep, yep. So I still get to channel my inner child and my inner nerd just a little bit. And what's cool is we get to do that for like the next two and a half hours. Yeah, here on the show. Ben, you want to tell them why it's like exactly two and a half hours of nerddom about to happen? Well, you know, prior to this, we've done things similar to this, but tonight we are doing something we've never done before. We are doing a full-length, feature-length film commentary, and we're going to be watching a movie, and we're going to be talking about it, 
And it felt right, for various reasons I'll get into, that we start, our first film commentary should be on The Avengers from 2012, the original Avengers film. The OG. Now, this, it just feels right considering, you know, we're coming off of Infinity War, which was the culmination of stories that began with that first Avengers film, and even before that, in Phase 1, and, it, you know, it'll be ending in Endgame. And, you know, there's been so much thing. We just got the Spider-Man Home, uh, Far From Home trailer. Captain Marvel's heating up. The MCU is killing it. And we talked about Avengers, like, a long time ago. I don't know what episode it was. Probably, it could have been single digits. Like, we talked about it way, way back. Um, and so, you know, we've done that discussion, but it's been a while. And I have no idea what we talked about on this episode. Um, so... Why not just watch the movie, and you guys at home could watch it with us, and we'll just have a little talk about it for the next little while. And I was talking to you before the show. I'm like, this movie's long. Like, it's pretty long. It's 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 great. It's I'm, I'll get into like why I love this movie so much, and I think we all love this movie. But uh, it's it's a it's a long watch. So uh, we're gonna take some time and uh, enjoy this movie, and hopefully you guys will play along. Shall I go ahead and get into how they can play along? I guess. Yeah, yeah, by all means. So, okay, so if you guys are listening, of course, if you're listening to this, you probably know this movie like the back of your hand. You've probably seen it a thousand times. So, like, you can just listen to this. You don't have to watch the movie. Like, if you just listen along, you'll probably get what we're talking about and where we're at in the movie. It's probably going to be pretty clear. But if you want to, watch the movie along with us, whether you're listening live or in the future via iTunes. Um... Go ahead and get out your copy of Avengers. Can be digital, Blu-ray, DVD, doesn't matter. Um, put it in, uh, press play, and then go to either um, either press play or go to chapter one, I think, and immediately pause it and hit back on your rewind button. So you see in the bottom it should say all zeros on the left. So you're at the very, very start of the movie, black screen, there's nothing before it. That's where you're going to want to start right now, because that's where we're starting. We're going to be watching the movie from there. So in just a couple minutes, I'm gonna, we're going to do some kind of countdown. We haven't figured that out yet. And then we'll press play at the same time, and hopefully we'll all be in sync, and we'll somehow watch this movie together. We can be on different continents, but we'll watch the same movie at the same time. So it's going to be fun. Interesting. Our discussion of The Avengers was episode 50. Apparently. I knew it was single. I knew it was. I should say double digits, but I was thinking like we're in triple digits now, which is insane. We're in um, episode two hundred and twenty-two, and we just now thought of this. I, it's crazy. Now I know what you're thinking. Those of you um, who are also listeners of the Star Wars Underworld, you may be thinking, "Well, you stole this idea from them." Um, no, I'm also on this show. I can't steal ideas from myself, so don't. Um, but yeah, I guess we were kind of inspired by that because we, over in the Star Wars Underworld podcast, we have been doing quite a few Star Wars commentaries and those have been a lot of fun. I just did one last night. So this is my second commentary this week and I'm not complaining because I got to watch, um, you know, uh, what did we watch? Force Awakens. Yeah. Force Awakens. I'm getting to watch two of my favorite movies. Great ever. memory the there, bud. You literally watched it like what? 24 hours ago. Dude, dude, I do these podcasts and I forget about them. They're in the past. 
I turn off Skype, and it's history. It's ancient history. I'm not thinking about it. So it I took me a second. Oh, man. It's uh, it's it's so fitting that this is the the first film commentary that we do. It is. It, it, like, we've been talking about, like, our, our second episode ever. After our pilot episode, episode two was titled A Marvelous Episode. I love like, it. We've, we've been a part of, of Marvel, and Marvel's been a part of this show literally since day two. And so, I mean, it's just fitting that we're getting ready for all these great installments of the MCU, but also taking a step back to remember some of the stuff that helped us get here. Um, in, in my mind, this is one of the best superhero movies of all time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so to be able to just sit down and watch it and kind of have a little bit of a nostalgia trip, maybe go back and look at some of the implications that, that are leading up to the stuff that we're going to see in Endgame, like, there's there's so much possibility out there, and... Uh, I'm I'm excited to to talk about it and and dive as deep as we can over the next couple of hours. But if we're gonna do it, we probably need to like actually do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get started on it right now, shall we? So, like, normally speaking, we, we'll, we'll we'll count down. I think, but we, normally we'll say we'll, we'll like say a word, like three, two, one, something. What do you think that word should be that should start us off? Uh, okay. Well, you're kind of throwing me off there because when we record on Audacity, we just go on one. <laughs> so now we need a keyword. Um, well, uh, mixing it up because people okay. actually hear this. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, you know what? I'm thinking what? Um, I, I want to say Marvel's two syllables. That's weird. We're um, we're really overthinking this. <laughs> What's the password? I don't know the password. Well, think of one. Um, okay. Uh, the keyword's going to be shawarma. All right. And later on tonight, you guys will find out why. All right. So All right. if you have it queued up and uh, you're either at chapter one or you've hit play and you are at like zero seconds or one second, I think I'm at technically one second. I don't know if I could actually pause it right at zero, but uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty close. So we should be good, right? Oh, yeah, it should be fine. If you're you a second or two off, it's not going to make a big deal. But, you know, if you're, you know, if you if you're doing like me on certain commentaries, where, like you accidentally close the browser where your movie's playing and you're like, crap. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I'm not gets... going to be able to do that because I'm technically watching on my TV. So if you guys hear some voices uh, overlapping with yours, I apologize. It's my TV. I couldn't watch it on my CD player because it's acting up. So I'm actually yeah. watching it on the big 50-inch on my Xbox. So I'm just going to keep the volume down, keep the closed captions on, and we'll still have a good time. It'll work out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Should be a lot of fun. So um, do you, would you like to do the honors? Oh, I, I would be honored to do the honors. Okay, everybody, get ready to push play on whatever it is you're going to be pushing play with because the Avengers starts in 3, 2, 1, shawarma. All right, here we go. And that I'm I'm I, I forget like the Marvel logo used to be like this, right? Because like, now we it get says... the, we get the great fanfare now with the new films, and um, this is great though because I love how they transition. Well, it the... fades right into the Tesseract, which is really yeah. cool. And now really we get stuff. like the old Paramount logo. Yeah, when it was when it was with Paramount, it's when really it actually crazy. was Paramount, it like fades into Paramount, fades back out to the Tesseract. Uh, which, by the way. Still one of the coolest elements of the MCU, in my opinion. 
and I'm kind of bummed that it got turned into one of the Infinity Stones because I liked the Tesseract as it was. Yeah. It, yeah, it was I, it was yeah. cube shaped. It was blue. It was powerful. It was awesome. I was like, okay, thank you. Yeah, I don't know. And I heard some discussion about this too. How like I'm not sure they when this movie was made like they envisioned because it ends up that not only is the Tesseract an Infinity Stone, Loki's staff also holds, holds an Infinity Stone, and it does. Was, and I'm not sure if Joss Whedon or Marvel intended for that to be at the at, at this point um i mean it makes sense but at the same time like you're literally giving two of like the rarest most powerful like stones to this one guy who's gonna go conquer earth um so you know it's kind of weird but i think ultimately they they just we did a pretty good job with it because you know ultimately it's, it's in vision's head and all this kind of stuff and well also here's here's another question why do so many of these universes stones end up on planet Earth? Yeah. Like well, how yeah, how yeah. how do so many of them seem to centrally focus? Like for the longest time science has been teaching us that man is not the center of the universe and then all the freaking infinity stones happen to show up on planet Earth. It really helps our ego in a very unforgiving fashion. Yeah, aliens are watching this going like, look at these humans. Give right. me a break. It's like, Psh, humans, you think the world revolves around you or the universe revolves around you. Also, Colby Smolders, it's really weird seeing her as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent because I know her from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that, that those jokes have flown. <laughs> like, there's so many Robin jokes about her showing up in, in The Avengers. It's not even funny anymore. But yeah. what what is funny is... I'm a diehard Friends fan, and so seeing uh, How I Met Your Mother kind of threw me off a little bit because I always thought it was, like, a cheap knockoff of Friends. So I'm trying to give it, like, a second chance. Yeah. And I'm back in season one thanks to somebody's Hulu subscription. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I'm trying. I really, really am. But all I keep looking at is how unbelievably attractive all of these characters are and how unrealistic it is that all of them would be in the same friends group <laughs> like Ain't these the these these people have the looks that they belong as like the most attractive one in some other subgroup it's not fair that all those attractive people get to hang out together speaking of attractive look at that look at that sexy hunk with one eye oh man <laughs> sam jackson man Sam, I'm excited Jackson. to see what he's gonna do in Captain Marvel, dude. Like he's the, gonna, I mean, he's he's gonna be all over the place. The de aging I mean, process that they put into him is so so good. Like, yeah, like this was this was peak Nick Fury because you you had him appearing in all of the you know Incredible. I don't know if he ever appeared in Incredible Hulk, but he was in Captain maybe, America. Maybe he was an Iron Man scene. I don't remember. Yeah, um, I know Credible Hulk had Stark, had Tony Stark showing up, and General Ross and everything. Like oh, that. you're right, you're right. It was Stark that showed up, and yeah. and Fury showed up to Stark, and that's why Stark went and recruited Banner. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, and then you you get like the culmination of all that with Sam Jackson really opening up this movie, and like it's he you know almost he's almost the star of the movie at this point in the game. 
um because you know it's all kind of connected through him right um, but then right. he's kind of he kind of stepped away you know he had he's, a good he's the one that's like assembling the team pretty much he's the one that's kind of recruited everybody up to this point including barton yeah yeah but then you know age of ultron he's kind of has a smaller role and infinity war only shows up till the very end um but uh now he's Back in Captain Marvel, he's back in uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home, and assuming he'll be in Endgame too. So, yeah, see, that's why my speculation about Far From Home is is just further because we see Nick Fury dissipate, and yet we see him uh in the Far From Home trailer, mm-hmm. but we don't see one particular character, um, a a one Iron Man, and my theory is the reason we don't see Iron Man is because he's still alive. And all the characters that are existing in Far From Home are ones that have dissipated and are now in an alternate reality. Mm. That's so any anybody that has been turned to dust at this point exists in the Far From Home universe. And it's got like a double meaning because not only are they physically far from home, but they're like in a parallel universe that takes them far from their home universe. Yeah. And like the uh the post credit scene is them returning to reality. Based yeah. on based on whatever rec- recompense they make in uh Endgame. And here we have Loki. Oh, dude. Loki's I mean, still one of the best characters in the MCU. I mean, he I mean, I, I loved I've loved his whole I mean, he did end up kind of having I kind of I was kind of annoyed at certain points in his story, especially, you know, going into to Ragnarok and stuff like that. Like he seemed like he was always like he would never progress, like he would oh he's gonna be a hero, but no, no, he's back to being a villain again and but like he really had that, you know, great heroic moment which which parallels, you know, you know, him showing up in this movie in the first, you know, ten minutes and wrecking the place and showing up and I'm going to take over the world and then, you know, being the bad guy and then Infinity War, he, you know, comes back and, and is the first really heroic character um, to, you know, make a sacrifice play. Well, I think uh, that's the cool thing about Loki's character is this movie, you see him as a villain. Yeah. You you see him as a villain, but when you look at the MCU as a whole, you see him as like this emo goth teenager that doesn't know what he wants. Which... Yeah, he's, I mean, he's the first big villain that, I mean, he's the reason the Avengers exist. I mean, he's the reason they have to come together to stop him. He's the first big villain, the big, you know, major threat to Earth. Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm trying to make a distinction between threat and villain because I, I 100% agree that in this movie he's a threat, but based on his heroic actions in movies like Ragnarok and uh, Infinity War, I, I would counter that, you know, based on Asgardian years, you know, if, if you mm-hmm. go back and, and look at some of the, the folklore that they talk about in the first two Thor movies, these, these two guys are maybe a few hundred years old, if that. I think, I think Thor's pushing a thousand, but they've got a lifespan of closer to three or 4,000. So they're mm-hmm. barely approaching quarter life crisis. If that by this point, and if, if he's just a few hundred years old, then, you know, by human standards, he's like 16. 
<laughs> he's like 16 or 17. And as the movies progress, he gets a little bit older, gets a little bit wiser. But when you're kind of in that limbo of 16, 17, 18, you're not really sure what you want. Maybe one day you want to rule the world. Maybe one day you want to save your brother. Why can't you do both? And I think that's the cool part about the ambiguity of Loki's character and the way Tom Hiddleston portrays him is he can do stuff like this, firing his spear at S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and, you know, just killing people to go for his ultimate goal. But then he's also able to, you know, stand up to the mighty Thanos and uh, try to assassinate him. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's just got this flexibility to his character where you can see him as a threat one day and and see him as somebody that's gonna do something really awesome another day. Also, that type of driving seems super unrealistic. <laughs> it is. Like she she crashes into a car that's flipped upside down and then manages to get into another tunnel and then swoop around and she's, get in front of she's, them. She's in another tunnel, hits the parking brake, does like this super power slide, and is like now driving in reverse and shooting a gun like i'm sorry has it's just anybody... it's just one of those movie things is like this there's no way this happened but yeah it just happened it it looks cool kind of like this sinkhole that we've got that just kind of came out of nowhere like now it looks cool a cool theory that i've heard is that there's a shield facility that apparently Nick Fury and and Captain Marvel go to in the Captain Marvel new Captain Marvel movie that's coming out, and there's a theory out there that says that it's this facility that they go to in New Mexico. I think it's in New Mexico. So we see this maybe interesting. See, see all this this whole you know complex maybe in where, how it was in the '90s or whatever. That would be interesting and and would fit into the storytelling that they like to do in this movie. Also, I'm pissed off at you, Mr. Chopper, so... Bzoop! <laughs> Look at Nick Fury, though. Like, he's just a... He's a superhero in his own right. Just like, ah, oh, your, your Chopper got hit by a giant laser and is going down. Nah, just, just jump out of it. Ain't no big deal. Well, and then he thinks he's going to take down Loki of Asgard with his Glock. Yeah, yeah, he's just shooting at him. Like, like blip, 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 blip. Like, I'm sorry, laser off of him. <laughs> laser spear, handgun. Yeah, just be glad he didn't turn around. They didn't come back. Like right now, what's Nick Fury gonna do if they just come back around and 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 Hawkeye tries to run him over, <laughs> or, or you know Loki tries to spear him again? Like they can't do anything. He's in the middle of the desert. And here he is, looking all serious. What do we do? And we get that fanfare. That, oh, that glorious, dude. glorious dude. Avengers okay. theme. Was I the only one that almost peed his pants when that fanfare played and Captain America stepped out of the shadows in Infinity War? Oh, it's that's the that's one of the best moments. In any Holy of these crap! Alan Silvestri, my God, that man is. I know he's like one of the you know most renowned composers. I still think Ooh. he is underrated. Ooh. Okay, I know she's gone through a lot of hairstyles in this franchise, but redhead uh, Natasha Romanoff is one of my favorites. Yeah, 
Yeah, as and a redhead, as a redhead myself, I, I I prefer redheads. Yeah. Okay. So so please don't take this personally, but usually I'm not that into redheads. <laughs> I'll like, try not to. Take like it like like what you and I've got is completely a bromance. I promise. But like normally, I'm probably more attracted to brunettes, and I think she's gone brunette at, at least once. I'm not a fan of the blonde. I'm I'm not I'm not a fan of the blonde. I'm I take hoping... it she's probably not either, considering, you know, she had to do it for the whole undercover thing. Yeah. Um, I, I think, she, I, I don't want to say any spoilers. I'm not, I, I don't know this for sure, but I think she might have a different hair color slash style in Endgame, I think. Well, I mean, Cap shaves his beard, so anything can, anything can happen, really. Well, well, the, 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 the snap got to, uh, Cap's beard. Right? It, just, it, 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 just, made, it, it just, made his beard dissolve, but not the rest of him. Like, dissolved. like if 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 we're destroying half the universe, then that means that beard is literally half of Captain America. But really quick on Black Widow, like such a great character introduction here, and we've seen her before. I mean, she's in Iron Man two. Like, she was in Iron she's, Man two. She's not That's a new one character. of the reasons why I love Iron Man two. Yeah, like but, I don't get I don't get why people hate on Iron Man two as much as they do. It's got freaking Black Widow in it, people. It is. I need to re- go revisit that one. It's pretty good. But I love the whole like, yeah, the, the you know the the standard. Ah, oh, it's the bad guys. They got a girl tied up and they're interrogating her and the whole damsel in distress thing. And you know she he puts her on the phone. She's like, I'm working. Like this is I'm exactly where I want to be. Like I'm I mean I'm interrogating these guys and they're just bewildered. And and now you know, she says, let me put you on hold. <laughs> Like oh man, look at the way he kicked! Like she kicks their asses, and she hasn't even got off the chair a yet. Chair, dude, she's, she's freaking tied the... to the chair still. And he's just sitting there, like, okay, this is Coulson. the weirdest. This is the weirdest hold music I've ever listened to. But okay, Coulson is really. I I, I love the fact, and we'll get to it later. But like, I mean, it's it's sad, and it's a great moment for this movie for his death scene. And you know, I, I loved seeing him in Age of Shield. Wait, he dies. I'm, but he's I'm in Agents sorry. of Shield. Well, yeah, technically, he, I mean, <laughs> in the show, literally, he dies, and then they bring it back to life through other reasons. Um, um, actually, Shepard Book brings it back to life for the record. Oh my um, gosh, too soon, dude. But have you he seen, is. Have you seen is, that meme that Nathan Fillion posted? I think I did. Nathan Fillion did the the ten year challenge, and he posted the Firefly picture on one half, and then it says ten years later, and it's just a black screen. That is. That I was so cool. mad. <laughs> I was playing, like playing with our emotions, Nathan Fillion. How dare you? Too effing soon. Speaking of Nathan Fillion, I love the fact that the last commentary we ever did on this show. Remember what that was? Oh, did we do one for Serenity? We know we did one for the final episode of Firefly. Oh, that's right. Objects in Space, another Joss Whedon production. <laughs> oh, and that was the last commentary we did. Um, we did. We one. did. A, I forgot that we did a commentary of a TV show. Yeah. I, I labeled this episode as like something completely unprecedented, but now we've well, done it, it is. It is for for this is our first feature film commentary. Like you know, TV show commentaries are short and sweet. You get them done. Like this is this is the long haul. We're we're committing to this. Yeah, that's true. Because this is like a two hour twenty three minute movie or something like that. Uh huh. Uh huh. Close to two and a half. I I forgot honestly like how long it is. I mean, it feels in a way it feels long in a, fa- a way it doesn't. Yeah. Because. 
I mean, quasi quasi timeless. Also, this little girl, she's clever. Yeah, and he starts to see, he starts to catch on. He's like, uh oh. And I love I love Bruce Banner in this movie. And I love Mark Ruffalo's performance because he does play this guy who is, you know, you can tell there's a, he's hiding a lot and he's trying to stay on the down low and trying to just keep everything, you know, together and you know trying to be a good person and help people and whatever and also just this whole subtlety in his performance that he's very like spooked by certain things and. You know, he's not, but also he, he knows, you know, as, you know, as as Natasha Romano says in Age of Ultron, like, this guy is literally running away from every fight because he knows he's going to win every single one of them. No, man. And, and you see, like, the spark that's happening between the two of them already. Mm-hmm. Like, you can you can tell that she knows how to approach him. She knows how to talk to him, how to, like, reason with him, logic with him. Even though he's very resistant to the idea of trying to trying to do anything that could resemble bringing out the Hulk, mm-hmm. I I know a lot of people are not a fan of their relationship in future films. I know that's been a kind of a hot hot topic, um, but I f- don't feel like he was shoehorned in. I feel like this scene is a good setup for it. It, it kind of like kicks it off. Is. It gets the ball rolling. You're right. It's not like, oh, they're just, like, friends. Like, they interact a lot in this movie. Like, they have a lot of great scenes together. Um, so it's Whoa, kind of feels... that passes for a state-of-the-art smartphone? <laughs> it's 2012, man. Oh, man. Gamma signature. Ooh, that sounds so fancy. And this bit coming up always gets me. I know with it's the, coming. With the dudes outside? No, no, no. When he goes, stop lying to me! And he slams this down. I'm like, oh my god, it always jolts me to wake. Like, I just, I never, I'm always expecting it, but it always catches me off guard. See? And she pulls a gun out. Like, that's going to do a lot of good. Well, I mean, it's, it's like a fight or flight, and she chooses fight every time. But you can tell she's also, like, she's trying to tone down the intensity, but she knows what she's walking into. Well, and look at how steady her hand is. She knows what he can turn into, and yet she's not afraid to stare him in the eyes. Yeah. Like, that's a true badass right there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. There's at least 17 dudes out there. <laughs> I love you. Just you and me, like, totally trying to play up the fact that, you know, she didn't have backup. Oh, also, one of my favorite lines. Oh, One of my favorite lines coming up. Which is oh, the, which... where is it? Where is it? All of the, Nick Fury throwing shade at the the World Security Council is is always great because they're idiots. <laughs> they tried to nuke New York, or they, or they will try to. Okay. Also, I love that Winter Soldier explores this council a little bit deeper because it was really really ambiguous as to how all of this came to be. And like, it, also, it also makes total sense when you think back to the Avengers, when you watch Winter Soldier and see like, oh yeah, you know, there's Hydra throughout the ranks of, of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all this kind of stuff, like how could this be possible? But then you think about, oh yeah, they were like totally cool with like killing billions of, or millions of people, you know, nuking New York just to possibly stop like thing like they were cool with that 
Um, yep. And like, um, what's uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, uh, Powers Booth, who plays that character. Um, he's he shows up in Agents of Shield actually, just playing the same character, and he's you know very much in the Hydra camp. Like he's he's full blown. Um, so you know you you it's, you see like there's really bad dudes running the World Security Council. Okay, so I guess that wasn't where the line came in. How many times does he speak to this council? Uh, several times. I always which line, which was... line are you talking about? The stupid ass decision. That's that's at the end. That's at the end when they. It, I recognize the council has made a decision. I recognize that it's a stupid ass decision. I will elect to ignore it. Exactly. Yes. I. Oh well. Because they, they're saying that oh we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna freaking fire a nuke at New York City, and that's that Nick Fury of, is of course not happy. Wasn't this like a preview or a post credit scene for another movie or something? This. I think this might have been at the end of First Avenger, I think. I think this might have been a post-credits. It might have been, because I remember this gym before Avengers. Uh-huh. Also, the way that they did like that flashback of First Avenger every time he hits the bag. like That's, that's a great way to do cuts back and forth looking at somebody's past. Yeah, and it's also this not... And it's funny, that shot of him in the ice, that's the only shot we get of of him, like, being unthawed. Because, like, you watch First Avenger, and he goes into the water, and there's, like, the scenes where, you know, the world goes on, and then the world... The, the war ends, and he just shows up in New York, like, modern-day New York. Like, it's never really explained, like, what happened in First Avenger, whereas this movie, you know, they do explain it, but it's very brief. Wasn't- wasn't there a movie somewhere that explored the excavation team going into the ice and discovering him, though? Well, First Avenger opens with people going into the finding the the ship in the ice, and I think there's a there's a thing with Incredible Hulk or something going way back where, like, there's a deleted scene where Bruce tries to commit suicide on an I on a on a glacier, and then you can briefly see Cap Shield, and it's supposed to be Cap Frozen Ice. I can't remember; it's weird. I may be thinking of a different franchise. I may be but, thinking of I may be thinking of Star Trek. For all I know, yeah, who knows? But because I, I I think there was a, an episode of Star Trek Enterprise that had um the Borg getting discovered in the North Pole and it linked to the the Borg episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation somehow. Like, it was like a full circle type thing. Hmm. I love... One of the strengths, I think, of this film is the fact that it's, you know, we're of course, we're... At this point in the MCU, we're kind of all familiar with these characters and we've seen them all in their own movies and, you know... Now, each of, like, this first, like, half of the movie, or, or first, like, quarter of it, is it plays as if each scene is, like, a scene from their individual movies. Like, this is a scene you might see in an Iron Man movie. Like, that, you know, previous scene the, was, you know, a scene you'd see in a Captain America movie. Um, you know, and later, later on, you have the scene on the mountain, which is one of my favorites, where Loki and Thor kind of get into it. 
And it's like a scene from Thor. It's like a scene you see in a Thor movie because they're just talking about all the stuff that happened in those movies. And, you know, it's not really explained. And, and when I, I mean, this was the first, this was the first MCU movie I ever saw. And I was a little confused, but like I kept up with it. And, you know, it entices you to go back in this because this movie doesn't really hold your hand. It kind of just assumes you know and, and you get to Infinity War. Like it's really assuming that you you know everything, that you've seen it all. But I like that this movie takes its time to introduce the characters in very slow ways, gives them each really, you know, in-depth scenes. I mean, look at this. I mean, this is a very long scene with Pepper and Tony, and then you have Coulson showing up, but it's, you know, it's great character development. Also, that hair, though. <laughs> like, nine years later, you can way better pronounce his widow's peaks. Yeah, he's, I mean, he still looks, I mean, Robert Downey Jr., Oh, and also Tony Stark. Yeah, Still no looks doubt. fantastic, but you can tell, like, the years have, you know, weighed on him. Like, well, and Tony Stark, I'm, the character, has been, you know. I mean, he's he's saved New York, he's saved Sokovia, and now he's fighting to save the universe. I mean, you, you do that enough times, you're going to lose a few pieces of hair. Yeah, and especially, like, he's... He's way more like happy-go-lucky kind of dude in in, in you know in previous films prior to this, and then you know what happens Uh-oh. here really hits him in the gut. Security breach, Phil. <laughs> uh, I love. I love. I love. <laughs> see, I love that he he drop name drops LMDs, life model decoy, and then there's a fantastic episode arc in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that deals with LMDs, which is great. Um, another His uh, his first name is Agent. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I, I mean, it's a shame that we didn't get, like, a movie with just Coulson and Tony Stark. Like, because you have, like, the scenes in Iron Man 2 where he's like, if you move, I will, I will, st- I will tase you and, and, and watch you... Um, what does he say? Watch you... Uh, watch you watch you jitter on the ground or something like that. No, he he he's. I'll, I'll watch you like slobber into the carpet while I watch Super Nanny. Like that's that's his line. Like it's been a while, dude. It, like this is my first Phase One movie to go back and watch in probably at least two years. It's been a little while for me too because I'm 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 more. I will more likely go to like, honestly, Age of Ultron or, or especially Infinity War because just because it's fresh in my mind and it's it ties directly in with kind of what's going on in the universe right now. Right now, technically speaking, um, whereas you know Avengers this is where it all started. But it's it's nice to, you know, go back and revisit these because you know they they do kind of fade with memory and forget things and also notice new things that I never seen before um in these movies and it's just and this this one is I mean it's still like you said it's one of the best probably the best and that whole those holographics are like man super. that that is that's state of the art even today like a lot of credit to the CGI and Coulson being his old fanboy self around Captain America. Of course, who wouldn't? I mean, it's Captain America, for crying out loud. And I, I also, 
Again. Also, if Steve Rogers can rock that outfit, I feel like I can be able to rock that outfit. That is classic. Like, I, it's it's a it's a it's a green and brown plaid button down and a brown leather jacket. How hard is it to rock that? It's so they did a great job with like dressing him and like you know showing like that's something that. He would probably pick out for like modern normal clothes. Yeah, because it, he's is, still, it is rather he's still dated. From, he's still from the forties. Like he's not gonna he's not gonna put on you know uh, you know uh, you know any kind of t shirt like that. Like you know so. But also, all due credit to Chris Evans for aging up that character. And he's so in this movie, he's so naive to everything, and you know he's still kind of new and he's fresh, literally fresh out of the ice. Um, but you know, in in going forward, he's you know he's he's the he's the wise old guy. You know, you get to Infinity War, and even here, like he's you know he's coming into his own. It's great. Ooh, spooky caverns! I always I'm always watching this movie, and I go, wait, what is this? I always when they when they go to that hallway, I'm like, what? Um, it just catches me off guard. I don't know why. This whole like sections of the lab being run down and other sections being state of the art reminds me a little bit of uh Wonder Woman. Yeah. The place yeah, that right. St- the place that Steve Trevor infiltrates and tries to blow up, like parts of it are completely state of the art and some of them are you know not so much. The meager might of Earth. <laughs> okay, I still have a question about this. Is he is he seeing a flashback here, or is he actually? No, I think with I think this is like a force projection, kind of like what Luke does. Really, I, th- I think the, I, I think the power of the stone is allowing him to communicate. Because isn't that the space gem? Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, he's using. I don't know which one's a space gem. I can't remember if it's uh, if it's the the tesseract or thing no 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 okay space gem is is the tesseract the mind right. stone is his staff is the stone in his the staff mind, ends the up, mind stone ends up, okay ends so up then so then is he able to communicate with other minds then that way i don't know i mean like the divinity the stones like the powers of those things are like super <laughs> Like ambiguous. Yeah, they like, kind of like are. like they all have like very specific like like oh this is the space stone this is the mind stone this is the reality stone and they and you know Thanos kind of shows them off but then it's like you put them all together and you can do literally anything and it's like okay then this face though it's only the face a mother could love. Poor guy, he got his he got his neck snapped by Ronan and Guardians. It didn't last very long. I'm I'm sure they were clones or something. So you notice something really creepy? He has like six or seven fingers on each of his hands. I mean, it's just one further way to emphasize that he's not human. But it's kind of it. it I, I'm with you. It's kind of a cheap cop out. It's, it's not. Like, I, it's, it's like oh, you're humanoid, but oh, we're gonna give you extra appendages. Like big deal. I, speaking of, this is totally random. Just popped into my head. Um, Mel Brooks got his um hands 
in cement on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and for that he had attached a, an additional prosthetic finger, so he has a a six finger handprint on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I need to go back and look at the Hollywood Walk of Fame. It's been a while since I've been there. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, what uh, was twenty uh, sixteen? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so it's been two plus years since we've been to the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And I wonder, wonder when we're gonna get another chance to go. I wonder. Uh, sometime in 2019, I hope. At least that's what I'm saving up for. Oh, love, this is this. this I love is how really I love cool how scene. they immediately go to like, oh, it's a submarine. Oh, like what, what is this? That that's their their imaginations are pretty big, but also. You know the whole thing with this being just the helicarrier and in general. I love that it's really hard, like sci-fi. But in the sense, the way it's presented in this universe in this film, it's like it's it's kind of believable. Like, yeah, you put you put giant fans on a on a, on, a, on an aircraft carrier, like that that would work, right? Right. But it's but the way that it's dispersing the water here, like I don't know, man, physics and all that. Yeah, I I'm not a physics major. I don't even know if this is something you could actually pull off, but it looks freaking awesome. It's just a great concept, you know. And and the whole thing that, that shot it goes, right there—that's the money shot, right beautiful, there. Beautiful. Captain on the bridge. See what I did there? <laughs> Captain on the bridge. Oh man, that's too soon. I know. I know. Oh man, I missed that guy. Yeah. Eight point oh percent. Why not just eight <laughs> percent? See, look, 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 look. Like how how he's like he wanders around and like oh crap, they're gonna see. Like he's he's so like he's, he's so on edge. He's doing what I would be doing, honestly. Like I don't belong here. <laughs> well, I would also just be kind of awkward and off to the side. And not really doing a whole, whole lot. Like, I don't want to interact with people. Uh, I don't want to talk to people. Like, that kind of thing. I'm I'm so socially awkward and antisocial. It's just like, and that kind of thing. But, I mean, this, I mean, we take it for granted now. But seeing all these characters in the same room together, hi Robin, so great. It still is great, but it 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 was just so unprecedented that you got you know these. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, back in 2012, you're sitting here going, "Oh my gosh, the star from Thor and the star from Captain America and the star from Iron Man and Samuel L. Jackson." Like you're sitting here going, "Holy smokes! Look at all the like, this is an all star cast." I mean, the the cover of the DVD for crying out loud: Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy Renner, Tom Hiddleston, and Samuel L. Jackson. You know, if we tried to do that for Infinity War, it would just be a cover sheet of names. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's crazy how far we've come in. Just six short years, and it's, and it's also just a credit. I, I, we, I think something we also forget is that like 
this was a huge kind of a risk for them, like, back in the day. Like, there was no guarantee this was going to work. Yeah, and, and I mean, if this if this movie didn't work, then the whole rest of the of the franchise is kind of in jeopardy at this point. Yeah, because, like, like there has been, like, I, this is the first, like, culmination of it, because, like, it, it feels real now because you're seeing these characters on screen together, but, like, you have, like, Nick Fury popping up in post-credit scenes and stuff like that, and, like, I'm sure that was exciting, but it's like, okay, is this actually going to pan out? Like, you, you watch Iron Man, you see Nick Fury, oh, he's talking about the Avengers, but, like, is that actually going to happen? Like, are they actually going to do this, and is it going to be good? Like... You know, it's it's crazy to think how, you know, just this happening and them doing it, and then it was actually good. It's not just good, it's fantastic. Like, it's pretty crazy. You almost sound surprised. <laughs> like, it's actually good? I mean, I was surprised back in the day. Like, I wasn't even paying attention to, like, this universe. I didn't even know it was a universe, because we you'd always seen, like... X-Men movies, Spider-Man movies, whatever, and they were always separated. They were always, like, they were never in the same universe. And then they come out with this. It's like, oh, Iron Man and Captain America and all these guys are in the same movie? Like, this is nuts. And then the fact that it just, it was this cultural phenomenon, like, immediately. Like, it turned into this thing. Oh, look at that suit. Beautiful. Look at that suit. Okay. What do you think of Captain America's suit in this movie? I like it. I do, too. I, I've heard a lot of people kind of bash it, but I, I, I don't mind it. I, I rather like it because it's bold colors. I get that when you're in Winter Soldier, you're going for, like, gritty and and different and strong and all that kind of stuff. I mean, yes, he's growing up. He's evolving, all that sort of stuff. But... I I I like how much the red, white, and blue stands out. It's it's not just Captain America; it's Captain America. <laughs> He's also Tom on. Hiddleston, glorious. Jeez, Louise, he can wear anything. He can wear a suit. He could wear a speedo. Literally, the man could wear anything and look good in it. And this, oh man, that's gotta hurt. This is brutal. This is it so is. brutal, and I love it. You couldn't have just taken the guy around the corner and just put his eye up to the thing. No, no, no. You've got to freaking tear his eyeball out. Like, ah. And then send a hologram of it. And then do it in front of, like, a thousand people and freak them out, too. But did you see that glance that he gave from side to side? He was enjoying that. Oh, he is. Okay, now here, here's, a, here's a theory about, not a theory. This is actually kind of official canon now. It's something I want to bring up. Theory canon. Recently, Marvel at some point confirmed that Loki in this film was under the influence of, I believe, the Mind Stone. That he, you know, his evil actions were maybe not his own, were kind of influenced by, you know, being under the influence of this thing. What do you think about that? I'm not sure. Well, okay, when the Tesseract is, is in the lab... They fight amongst themselves in the lab, right? Yeah. I feel like the stones do have an effect on people. That's true. So it's not necessarily outside the realm of possibility, but we also know Loki's character. He desires to rule. 
That's why he's so happy ruling Asgard. He's finally got a chance for his rulership to mean something. But you take a look at how he rules. It's with parties and wine and grapes and women. Like, it's a very calm rulership compared to this type of domination that he's trying to do in this movie. So yes, I feel like his attitude has probably been altered, but his motives are still there. So if anything, the mind jam is just strengthening his desire to rule. Right. But like his methods are off a little bit. Like he uses coercion to try and take over Asgard, which is a much better uh, rulership than Earth anyways. Like Asgard's pretty much a heavenly realm compared to Earth. And he doesn't try to conquer it. Also, great entrance. Fantastic. (laughs) I love this line. Also, the also the old man right before this. I love that you know he says you know there 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 are no men like me. There are always men like you. Yeah. And then you know it doesn't doesn't matter if they're from space or from Earth. There's always going to be tyrants. Um, oh man, the throwing of the shield—that's never gonna get old. No, it doesn't. And like, I love Spider-Man's line in Civil War. That thing does not obey the laws of physics, and it's right. He's right. It doesn't. I really don't care. No, it's a It's a magic. It's a magic indestructible frisbee. I I don't think much of anything obeys the laws of physics because that reaction time for the Quinjet to get away from that laser blast was also rather disproportionate, let's be honest. Yeah. Also, how, okay, Iron Man hijacks the PA system. Okay. How did he do you that? You didn't know that? Oh, I've seen it before. I'm just like, why? It's, it's one of my favorite entrances, because he loves his showmanship. Love it. Make your move reindeer games. They never let I mean, poor Rudolph join in any reindeer games. Like what's should. what's yeah. the what's the reference there? Yeah. They I, they should know they should know that Loki wants to be captured. Like he could have done any number of things to get away from them or freaking kill them. Um but he didn't. Yeah, like they should have caught on that he came a little too peaceably. Well, okay, so here he he's he's Steve. I don't remember it being that easy. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're catching on. I I, I take that back. They're they're aware of the fact that like they, you know, he's uh, you know he's, he's 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 getting what he wants, kind of. Uh, but I love the fact that when Thor shows up, and oh, I, it, as it, much it, as as much as I love Stark's entrance, I think I love Thor's entrance even more. Look and at Thor, this. Yeah. Like, even Loki is kind of freaked out. He's like, uh-oh. It's what comes after that scares me. <laughs> it's it's Big Brother. He, he is, Big I Brother's mean, coming to sit it, on my he, head. Yeah, he will, like, he will kill, he will try to kill Thor, like, numerous times. He does all these things, horrible things. Ultimately, he is terrified of him. Like. <laughs> also, uh-oh. Iron Iron Man, why'd you open the door, man? You just gave him a... <laughs> It was supposed to be like a dramatic exit, and instead, I guess Thor well, would just crack. There's, there's I guess your dramatic Thor would just exit. Cr- 
Yeah, there you go. I have a plan of attack. I have a plan. Oh my gosh. So now you're seeing like the clashing of styles. There's only one god, man, and he doesn't dress like that. <laughs> That's the best line. The best. Wonder what he does dress in though. Red, white, and blue tights. <laughs> but see, look at this scene. Yep. Even the setting, yep. the setting feels like a Thor scene. Like where the heck are they even? Like Central Park? Oh, a mountain. I don't even know. Down in the middle of the wilderness? I don't know. Like, yeah. And those those Asgardians can take a beating. Like Thor just freaking threw him from the sky into a rock, and he's fine. Oh. But this is, you know, the it it's a great scene because, you know, this whole thing is very personal for Thor. You know, he's not just, he's not here, he is here to save Earth and protect Earth, but he's also like, brother, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, what, why are you doing this? Like, he, oh, wants, man, you're, he, he always wants to see the good in people. It's one of his redeeming characteristics, honestly. Yeah, and he, I mean, these two, whether they always show it or not, they love each other, man. They, you know, they really care oh, about each other. Dude, they express it so well when they play Get Help. Get help, please. I am not doing get help. Oh, we're doing get help. Do you have a better idea? No, we're doing get help. <laughs> yeah, their 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 relationship is just. I mean, it's it's great in this, but it gets oh, even dude, better later this. on. I love this. It's... You miss the point of ruling. Oh my gosh. Okay, so just as a forewarning, we're not doing a quote of the night tonight because this whole movie is basically a giant yeah, quote of the night. Just listen to the movie. Just, just listen. Just listen. And listen, listen to Linda, us, listen. preferably. Listen, Linda, listen. Yeah, and this... You come home. Ooh. And this is like the first of several times that Loki fakes his own death. You know, and, and, oh, he's alive again. And then Thor threatens to kill him again. I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> Sarcastic little bitch. This, this throwdown here, I think, is one of my, is, is definitely my favorite in this movie and one of my favorites in the entire MCU. I like, I like the showdown between, uh, uh, Iron Man War Machine and, and the other War Machines in Iron Man 2 also. That's a good one. That's a really good one. But just the whole fact that this is Thor and Tony, like, finally, you know, they're meeting. And, you know, of course, Tony and his natural snark. Doth mother know you weareth her drapes? He makes, a mom, he makes a mom and a formal speak joke all at once. It's amazing. So. They do a, I mean, they do a pretty good job, I think, you know. Obviously, you knew the Avengers were going to fight each other. They're not going to get along right off the bat. And, of course, they're going to start punching each other. And they do a good job of, like, putting together, like, you know, Thor and Iron Man. They're pretty evenly matched, you know, so they get to 
I mean, look at that. He summons lightning and electrocutes the suit. How clever is that? And then powers the suit up. And it's like, oh, thank you. Boosh! I love it. Also, sorry if I maxed out your speakers, folks. (laughs) Pine trees. Coming in to pine trees. So many trees. You have no respect for the trees. I know, right? How did Greenpeace not, like, throw a fit over this? Yeah, also, I have the same question you are. Where the hell are they? (laughs) Right? Like, I don't even know this location. It's definitely not Central Park. It's too big to be Central Park. But they were they were okay, so they were flying out of Germany, right? They picked they picked Loki up in Germany. Yeah. And they must have been flying back to the States. So it's somewhere between Germany and the Atlantic Ocean, isn't it? I would guess so. I, I England doesn't have many forests like this. So maybe France? Maybe. Oh ouch. Yeah, that Oh, that, that that Captain America trying to trying to be the voice of reason here. It's not gonna work. Schemes. You insist. <laughs> he loves this. We can't finish that sentence. Oh, 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 oh. I love how this turns into, this move right here turns into, like, Cap and Thor's, like, signature move. Like, they do it in Age of Ultron again. They blow up the tanks and stuff. Like, it's like, they learn to use it to their advantage. But still, what an amazing visual. Like, how does Vibranium match Mjolnir's power? How is Vibranium even that strong? Like, I know it's the strongest element on Earth, but Mjolnir's, Mjolnir's hammer isn't from Earth. Okay, but, this is like the beginning of so many other sequences that we see in ensuing movies. How many other military-style movies have we seen armed guards carrying a charismatic prisoner down a, down a hallway and he gives treacherous looks to people? To a clear glass cell where you can talk to everyone and and, jeez louise how many times we've seen that I mean I can think of like what is it uh into darkness darkness there you go yep I was thinking I was thinking Star Trek into darkness for sure there was another one it was it was more of a military movie but I can't remember I, I think it had Bradley Cooper in it but I can't say for sure that would make sense. It's kind of funny that I really only know Bradley Cooper from military movies and Guardians of the Galaxy. The only problem with this is, like, you'd think Loki would just want to be dropped out of that thing. Like, like he could, I don't know, like, Asgardians seem pretty indestructible, so, like, could it really kill them? I don't know. There, there's got to be... There's got to be something that can do away with an Asgardian, but Loki's kind of a spunky SOB because he basically fell into an abyss in the first Thor movie, like a literal spatial abyss, and then he still somehow shows back up in this film. Like, that was never really explained. No, it wasn't. 
was like, oh, Loki's dead. Oh, Loki's the primary antagonist in our Avengers movie. Like, like wait, the, the what? End of, the end of Thor, I think, is Loki showing back up just completely unexplained. And I think he's manipulating Selvik, I think. Oh, like a... Oh, like like a like a post credit scene. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen the first Thor's post credit scenes or seen. <laughs> I was okay. Honestly, low key, I was so glad that movie was over that as soon as the credits hit, I just took it out of the DVD player. I I like the first Thor. I'm I'm not a fan. I feel like the Thor trilogy. Only gradually gets better. Dark World, yeah, it's it's not it's not all it's cracked up to be. But I I I I went into the first Thor with very low expectations, so I guess it helped that it was like, hey, this was actually okay, pretty good. Um, you know, Ragnarok has a moment, of course. But. It it felt rather slow to me. It felt very slow and a very odd location and. The the action sequences weren't all I thought they were going to be. There there were just a lot of things that I didn't really care for in the first Thor. But the Dark World kind of went into the mystical a little bit, and Christopher Eccleston I thought was all right. I think part of part of my reason for liking him was my nostalgia for the Ninth Doctor from Doctor Who, mm-hmm. but. The the other thing that I liked was that it was a lot of the fight sequences were outside of Earth. You kept jumping in between dimensions and stuff, and it allowed you to fight on Asgard. It allowed you to fight in a big open area. It allowed you to fight in this location, that location, what have you. And only part of the time were you fighting in Cardiff. It wasn't like Sokovia or New York or something like that where a whole bunch of buildings get in the way and you're causing a whole lot of destruction. You kind of got to have some of your sci-fi elements in more of a sci-fi type setting. Yeah. And I think I appreciated that a bit a bit more than going out to the middle of nowhere New Mexico with blatant product placement for 7-Eleven all over the place. <laughs> like, it was just... I don't know. I... I, I get a little more particular with with age, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, this. I think this is the really the first time that you know Thor gets to really shine as a character, and, and it helps that his his story is like directly tied in with the plot of this being that Loki, Loki well, yeah. is the one being the antagonist. Yeah, um, being, being related to him, it's all of a sudden like, oh, we can't just kill him because somebody's related to him. So. What kind of methods do we have to be able to take this guy down? And that's kind of what is being discussed right here. They're like, what do we need? What can we do? Getting to know each other, shaking hands, that kind of stuff. I I like how peaceable this interaction is, but you also know that everything's very tense, very frigid. You're like, anything, anything could go wrong, potentially. And that potential is part of what makes things so exciting. But conversely, conversely, I don't know if movies today would have the patience to sit still long enough to have an extended conversation like this. I think the way they do movies today... Oh, there's Galaga being played again. I love that. 
Um, By the way, rest in peace, that guy. He he got he got it in the snap, Infinity mm-hmm. War. Poor guy. Oh, did he? Yeah, they confirmed it. I didn't know or really care. <laughs> Sorry, that guy that plays Galaga on the ship. That's what you get for playing Galaga when you're on the job. Slacker. Uh, but, like, a lot of this buildup, I think, would eventually get interrupted by some sort of anomaly or some sort of attack or some other cliche like that eventually. I, I don't really know what kind of patience these action movies have anymore these days. It just, It feels like... Every time they try and get serious, there's either a joke that drops or there's some sort of action sequence that interrupts everything. I mean, you're you're talking, you know, like, you know, and the way you're talking, like, you can, you can kind of apply that to, like, you know, really old movies and stuff like that. But, like, the same logic can be applied here sometimes. Like, I, there, this movie is not all action. Like, there's a lot. It relies heavily on the characters and the dialogue for a lot of it. Look at this scene right here. We're, we're just, it's people talking. Like, and that's where Whedon, like, really excels, like, in building his characters. Like, the, you know, the the back and forth, you know, the, the whole dialogue situation, you know, that's what's great. That's what's great about this movie. That's what holds it together. Um, but you're right. In some movies, I mean, in even Infinity War, Infinity War doesn't stop very much to do much. Like, it's on full, bring full bore from the beginning. Um, you know, it doesn't take much time. And, 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 you know, this is an introductory episode. This is the first Avengers movie. So obviously you're, you got to take some time to introduce the characters, but it's, you know, it's, it's much slower than you would expect it to be. Oh, it's this big Avengers team up and this action movie. Like, no, no, no. It's, it's, you know, yeah, there's, you know, the third act is full of action and there's a lot of action we've seen so far, but you know, it, it takes its time. It's really well paced. Also, I love the story about Robert Downey Jr. and the fact that... With the snacks that he hides on set? Apparently, like, that was, like, a thing he did. It's not even in the script. He's just hiding blueberries around, and, like, it's not even scripted that he offers everybody blueberries. But it fits in with his character so well. Oh, it's perfectly. Well, I mean, let's face it, the blind between Robert Downey Jr. and Tony Stark has always been blurred. Yeah, that's true. But uh, and this is this is the the budding relationship that we see uh, come to a head later. The way they stare each other down is so fascinating. They, I mean, they get to a point where they respect each other, but they're always on different wavelengths. They're always, you know, they're, they're literally men from different times, different backgrounds, um, and even you know. And Tony even says as much that he kind of resents, you know, uh, you know, he kind of resents the, uh, you know, Cap because he was so, like, his father was so infatuated with him and in Howard Stark didn't have the best relationship with Tony. So, you know. Steven, uh, Steven, his dad had a good relationship? We never hear about Steve, really. Yeah, I, uh, Steve's dad. I mean. Also, a great relationship, Bruce, Bruce Banner and, and Tony. Yeah, I mean they they formed the next villain for the for for the for the for the next Avengers movie. So yeah, yeah. they they did a great job. Yeah, yeah, man, they got a great relationship there. Um, 
but I, I love th- this whole conversation is great too. I think it's it's giving Bruce a different perspective on the Hulk. You know, the whole idea like it, you know it's it's saved your life. Like you're you know you wouldn't be here without him. But you know you think of it as a curse. But you know in in this movie he learns to control it, and he ultimately learns that it can do some good. The Hulk is a you know isn't all bad. Well, I, I love the the whole "Hey, big guy, sun's getting real low" thing, and how it it starts as something romantic in Age of Ultron, and then turns into a joke in Ragnarok. <laughs> Thor just doesn't have the touch that Natasha does. I don't think anybody has the touch that Natasha does, but that's not something we're allowed to discuss on. That's what she said. Regular IPC. <laughs> Whew. Gotta love, you know, Cap is, you know, they're all, they're all like totally restless and they're totally just like, you know, Tony's hacking the system, Cap's breaking and entering, like. (laughs) Except wasn't he given clearance on board the ship? I mean, he was, but he totally busted down that door to get in there. (laughs) Also true. And poor Dr. Selvig, he's not taking care of himself. Yeah, he's he's really letting himself go like here. Midnight shadows coming around. Very very quick and easy cop out for Natalie Portman's non appearance. Yeah, they always got to explain that. They even do it in Age of Ultron. Like, come on, guys, we know she doesn't want to be in this movie. Just just let it be. At least in Ragnarok, they're like, ah, she broke. I broke up with her, and that's that. And they just never mention her again. Okay, but I think I actually. Uh, approve Thor and Valkyrie more than Thor and Jane to be completely honest that ship is way stronger like like Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson they obviously have fantastic chemistry because they're doing MIB International together which is also a movie I'm kind of excited for yeah I need to go back and watch the original MIB movies so that I can enjoy the references they make in the international film. Who would have thought Thor would make a Thor, an alien, would make a good MIB agent? Well, I I love the joke that you made on social media that was like, man, that Thor 4 movie looks really great. I'm telling you, though, it could be that. It could. It It totally could. could. As insane as Ragnarok was, like, if you repackage that as, oh, yeah, he, here's Thor and Valkyrie in another adventure. Like, you'd, you'd totally buy it. Well, I mean, I could just picture them as, like, being undercover and, uh, or or maybe they decided to actually get together and they're doing some sort of elaborate role play on Earth or something. I don't know. Like, I really don't care. I'm, I'm just gonna enjoy it for what it is, you know? Speaking of Ragnarok, going back, seeing that movie and then going back to this helps remind me how much better Thor looks with short hair. Yeah, these locks, I, they don't I really well. I don't know, man. Now, I really now, don't. now, Loki, he the long black hair, it fits him. Okay, man. but he also like slicks it back. You're right. Thor yeah. just kind of lets it hang. Uh-huh. And it's it gets kind of stringy and such after a while. And so I'm just like, eh, have you heard of this thing called a shower? 
Thank you, Taika Waititi, for totally remaking that character and making him into one of the best characters in this whole saga. They did an awesome job. This scene is great, too. I love Natasha doing her thing and, you know, again, kind of acting the part, but ultimately you think Loki's manipulating her. It's the other way around. Well, I mean, she's just that good of an interrogator. Like, she knows how to make it seem like they're in control when she's really getting all the information that she needs. Yeah. And, you know, of all the people, she's opening up to Loki. (laughs) Right? Like, I don't even know if this is a legit story because I don't feel like she would actually tell the truth to Loki. It feels real, though. It feels... Well, but yeah, that's what she does. She makes it feel real. Like, she was she was trained by this group, this this Russian group, to, to, to be an agent, to lie if she has to, to survive. Yeah. I don't... I don't know what to make of it. But, uh, she... She makes a good case, and she mm. she dupes Loki, and he's not but, easily duped. Yeah, I mean, a dupe this sweet deserves some ice cream. <laughs> I think I think I might actually try and track some down. I'll be here if you want to go. <laughs> I mean, I won't take longer than fifteen thirty seconds. The ice cream's just on the I'll, other side. I'll of the ramble room. about something while you're gone. Well. Maybe we just let the fans enjoy this moment. I don't know. I'll be right back. (sighs) Gonna get some ice cream. Ice cream break. Ice cream break. Oh, and they found out what Tony was up to. Nick Fury like this mother. He never got to say the F word. Poor guy. Well, guys, you're getting Avengers, and you're getting me, and then you're getting Zack searching for ice cream in the background. This is quality content! What did I miss? Nothing. I was just commentating on your search for ice cream. You, oh, okay. (laughs) Not too much, not too much. Uh... Let me see, I hope I... Yeti, Yeti. Okay. I'm good. I can still hear you. When I sat back down, I thought that I stepped on the cord for a second there. That would be awkward. It scared me a little bit because I was like, oh, man. I'm this deep into my Audacity recording, and I'm doing this now? Oh, jeez. And here we go with this great... Get all of these... Not just these great characters, but these great actors. You're putting... All of them into one room. It's one room. So and... stellar. Right here. Damn. Just and, and it, it. It's funny how we didn't even realize at the time how they were putting in those shades of of evil within <sighs> Shield. 
I don't think it really was Shield though, because at this time Hydra is still kind of running the That's show. That's the thing. Like this is Hydra. Hydra is within Shield at this point. It's always been there, and you know you can always and and not to take away blame from like you know Nick Fury. Obviously, is a guy that is willing to kind of do whatever needs to be done. He's a spy, whatever. Um, you know, he's not. You know, he, he kind of you get into that with Winter Soldier. Like, you know, he's not. You know, not, not afraid to do certain things, and you know, you know, do things that aren't comfortable with or whatever. Um, but ultimately, you can also explain the way. Hey, Hydra is here. Like Hydra is is within the walls of Shield, and they're, you know, maybe eroding the the morals of, of. Of course, you know, they're eroding everything, but definitely even the good good people in Shield are kind of being manipulated. Everybody's being manipulated. I think. And that's part of part of what they're discovering is like, oh, we're plan A, but you've got a plan B, obviously. Also, cinematography. Like look at the look at the camera movements. Like I, I don't even know how they did this. Well, and how do the actors keep a straight face with this camera floating around everything like this? It's got to be anchored to the roof on, like, a 360 cam of some kind. Yeah. It's funny. You're looking back to where the camera was right then. Right. Like, upside down. Like, that's right. It's not. It's not something that, like, a person holding the camera can do. It's got to be done some other way or with multiple shots. Either way, it takes a lot of talent. Yeah. And uh, Hawkeye. Poor Hawkeye, though. He got the, he got the wrong end of the deal in this movie. Yeah, I mean, you don't really get to see a whole lot of character development for him because he's, like, his normal self for all of five minutes, and then he is, like, turned over to 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 Loki. It's it's a pretty bold choice, though. You have to give him credit because you're taking one of your core cast members and, you know, turning him into one of the bad guys. And, one of, you know, Hawkeye's a beloved character. And I think people... And that was one of the shortcomings of this movie coming out of it. Like, people... Really couldn't say enough good things about it, but then it was like, oh, what they did to Hawkeye was kind of weird. And they, I think Joss Whedon kind of overcompensated a bit by giving him a family and stuff like that. Not that I don't like those elements, but I think it was a kind of a trying to make up for the fact that he didn't get a whole lot to do in this movie. And now his family is apparently dead, and, and he's in a bad shape in the game, but whatever. Yeah, he Ooh, never he never get he never gets to have like like just a regular day where he goes and has fun. And I I love also something I want to bring up about Hawkeye himself is that people like to make fun of Hawkeye because he's not a quote unquote super powered person, but like. The stuff that he does with these arrows. Well, neither is Natasha. Come on. No, but, like, the stuff he does with the arrows, like, is insane. Like, no normal person could shoot an arrow into the wind and have it land precisely at the wrong place. Or, like, later on, he totally, like, shoots one over his shoulder. He's not even looking. Like, and hits his target. Like, <laughs> he is, he may not be quote-unquote superpower, but he is a superhero. It's a fair point. I like I like the line. I think it was from Civil War where he said he went golfing, shot eighteen holes, 
scored 18. I was just like... Just couldn't seem to miss. I was like, come on, man. There are some... There are some courses where you literally cannot make it in one shot. Like, it's L-shaped or something. How can you possibly get it around the curve or past the forest or whatever and still make a hole-in-one? Like, seems like a bit of a cop-out. But whatever. Yeah. Civil War! Oh, man. That that face-to-face, though, like... It's already brewing. These tensions are already there. But even like Captain America is just like, oh yeah, do, put on the suit. We're gonna we're gonna freaking fight. Like, he's like, dude, grow up. Well, I mean, he thinks he's strong enough to take on Tony just as it is, and so he's trying to even the fight. That's like the honor behind his character. He's like, put on the suit. We'll make it a fair fight that way. Yeah. Yeah. And he does. I mean, he kind of he, he, he takes down Tony eventually um, in another movie. Um, yeah, several movies later. Took him this a while. Guy, this guy, this S.H.I.E.L.D. guy, always reminds me of Neil Patrick Harris for some reason. And maybe it's because he, she, he's with Robin a lot. Maybe. It may also be the hair. I, I can kind of see it from the hair perspective. It's the hair, yeah. How did that not break her leg? Like, good lord, that hurts. I like how they're all like wearing like oxygen masks because they're up in like upper altitude. Like, uh, Hawkeye, yeah. And Hawkeye's just like, nah, I don't need it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna walk. I'm, I don't. I'm well, but I mean, he's also under the influence of the Tesseract, so he's probably not thinking super clearly. No, no, but he's that much of a badass. He doesn't need oxygen. All right, how does how does Sesame open? Do we? No, we don't see him put on the suit here, do we? No, not really. It's like he approaches it, and then next minute, bam, he's he's wearing it. I guess you just don't have enough CGI to, to show him walking out of it at the beginning of the movie and show him walking into it in the middle of the movie. Yeah. This scene, though, man, it really illustrates how terrifying the Hulk is. Well... Like it's like it, it transitions almost into this like horror movie thing. Like, well, and how terrifying it is for Banner. Yeah, like he doesn't want to be this guy, and he's trying his hardest to resist it. The look in his eyes, he's like, "I don't want this," and yet it's happening. Also, yeah. he must have stretchy pants. Super, super stretchy pants, man. Super stretchy elastic pants that can hold his magnum dong. I love, oh man, best scene in Ragnarok is when he's walking around naked and Thor's like, ah, I'm never going to get that image out of my head. <laughs> and, and I've always thought like, man, it'd be awkward if those pants just didn't quite stay on. And hard. there's his smile. Ah, uh, he's happy. He he knew what he was doing, and it freaking worked, dude. Oh, really? I never would have guessed. <laughs> and I, I don't, like, I'm not using this as a criticism, but I, I do love, like, one of the honest trailers for the movies, like, 
oh, and here's like 20 minutes of Captain America and Iron Man fixing the ship. Um, because that's basically what it is. It's great, but that's what it is. Is it 20 minutes, though? I mean, it's a this is a good long sequence. It's great. It is. I love it, all is. Of it, but it's, it's... It is, because he's using, like, super technical terms, and Steve's looking at it going, it seems to be electricity. Well, seems you're to run not some wrong. form of electricity. Well, you're not wrong. Man, that is like that's not even electricity. Like, what is that? Like, that's that's just. <laughs> I see like that's, tubes. There's okay. some tubes in there. Okay, that is me when I'm trying to fix my car, though. It, same. Like, same. I lift up the hood and I go. It seems to be running on some sort of fuel. The hell is this? <laughs> Like, yep, there's the problem. See, a motor. This more like look at look look at what he does. Like he rolls through also, by the way, there's behind the scenes footage where they hooked up like a a giant like something or another to run through this whole thing. So the Hulk is CG, but everything else is real. Like they're destroying that whole hallway thing. I just think it's an interesting parallel that you see two of your Avengers trying to repair the ship and several others are just blasting it, it internally yeah but this fight between uh, we get another uh, we get another great one in Ragnarok but this is the first round and it's it's great it's pretty good and and what i find interesting is i don't i don't think they reference this fight in Ragnarok like at all and also interesting that you can have conflict without having to fight the antagonist. Like, yes, this is a fight scene, but right now we're not doing anything with Hawkeye. We're certainly not doing anything with Loki. And yet there's still intensity, there's still action, there's still fighting going on without those main antagonists or anti-heroes or whatever you want to call them that are being a part of the play right now. Yeah, Loki is still in the cell. Get There's all this action going on and, and Loki just being the master manipulator and just sitting back enjoying it. Do you bleed? Yes, Thor bleeds. That, that's the wrong franchise. Oops. Like, great move by the Hulk. I love how he just grabs a wing. <laughs> also, kind of, kind of cheating a little bit using Mjolnir, but he doesn't have that advantage. He also doesn't know, like, you're not worthy, Hulk. Come on, man. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's got to be pretty intense. I mean, they're wearing, like, their own gear. <laughs> they can't tell them apart. And, and Nick, Fury is, Nick Fury is not taking any prisoners. Like, he's straightening up killing these fools. Well, I mean, Robin just got a headshot there, too. Yeah, she did. Oh, and, and uh, Coulson's going to get the big one. He calls in the big guns, huh? Yeah. Still, back to the whole handgun method. Who thought that was a good idea? What? 
Like, you're fighting some of the most powerful forces in the universe, and you think a handgun is going to take them down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This poor guy. Man, he didn't know he was getting himself into. This guy here? Yeah, facing down the Hulk. I don't think anybody really had any idea what they were getting into facing the Hulk. He said not to get too close, and there you go, getting too close. Okay, this shot reminds me of um, Into Darkness as well. When when Khan was shooting up the Admiralty at Starfleet. You're right, I never drew that connection. There's a lot of Wrath of Khan parallels, which is interesting because I'm pretty sure Wrath of Khan came out the year after Avengers did. Well, you're talking about Into Darkness, right? Well, okay, the, it's the like... The Wrath of like, Khan reboot. It's the Wrath of Khan reboot, whatever. Essentially, prequel, reboot, whatever. Yes, the Wrath of Khan, a 1970s movie, came out after 2012. That makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Because this timeline is just that jacked up. <laughs> we need the time stone to fix everything. Way to go, Cap. Oh, Taking he's, out... He's Whoa. Got a long Whoa. way to go down. Whoa, that's dark. I was about to say, way to, way to take out the bad guys without using guns. You're just incapacitating them. And, okay, now he's now he's using a gun and, and he's, I can't and he's help killing but think them. Of, I can't think, okay. think of that uh, line from Winter Soldier. Did he have a parachute? No, he didn't. And that guy did not have a parachute. No, he didn't. Oh, Freaking Hawkeye. Aquaman didn't have a parachute either, but it didn't kill him. No, just... He just freaking face planted into the sand. Look at how the accuracy. Like he, if you're doing that with your hands, you can't get it in on the first try. He, Dude, he, I he, can't even get a USB chip into my computer like that. No, he shot it. Shot it from an arrow across the room, and it in no. first try. I'm telling you, this helicarrier is freaking wrecked. At the end of this, I mean, it is. Just about, I mean, it's falling out of the sky at this point. It's it's gonna have to. I mean, you're gonna have to make a crash landing and just turn into a regular boat now. At least it can't float. I mean, I guess it could float. It's got, like, damage now, so it probably would sink if you put it in the water. Yeah, but... I mean, the... the I feel like it would last longer than if you put it on, on ground, because it might crash into buildings and kill people or something. Probably. You should you should try and crash it into the water, at least to be able to put people in life rafts or something. Look, watch this. What notice? Watch your step, Cap. Captain America's hanging off the thing, and then we don't come back to him till like ten minutes later. Okay, I'm gonna time it now. We're at one forty-two. Wonder how long it's gonna take before we get back to Captain America. Whoa, we're halfway there. We are halfway. We're more than halfway there, actually. I think so. We're going to have to be. Woo. Oh, man. The non-supers are getting Talk into it. Talk about pretty evenly matched. They're, you know, Black Widow ultimately has the upper hand here, I think. But they're... I mean, she's specially trained in hand-to-hand combat. He's an archer, so... He's got to get enough distance to be able to get off a decent shot, and she has to get close enough to make sure he doesn't have that opportunity. 
So it, what's weird about that type of hand-to-hand combat is it's really about the amount of separation between the two of them. Yeah. Oh, Coulson, run. Here we go. No, Coulson, no. Here we go. Find you. That's a brutal stab because he you could see it come through his chest. Ugh. Oh. I think they even, at certain, like, releases, they took that out of the movie because it was, like, kind of graphic yeah i think they've got some where like the the blade just stays inside his back instead of coming through look at his staff now it's all bloody like oh isn't that cool neat don't push the button like how many uh, was that oh attempt oh. attempt 525 loki trying to kill thor you, you you know what that reminded me of that visual I don't know why but it reminded me of the Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> why? Like, like I I really feel like during one of the outtakes or something Chris Hemsworth should have been like wrong lever, <laughs> pull the lever, crunk. Why do we even have that lever? Oh, she's, she knocked some sense into him by knocking him out. You asked okay, we are, we are three minutes later and still have not seen Captain America. I'm telling you. I don't think I could have held on at that height and that much pressure for more than a couple of minutes. After a while, I think I would have just given up. Ooh, just in the nick of time. Boing, boing, boing. I love Coulson's last, well, quote-unquote, last words. Yeah, are they really his last words? Loki's so overconfident, as, as a good villain should be. Okay, but I love when a villain monologues. It's one of my favorite parts of a movie. I know it's cliche. I know it's overdone. But I love when an overconfident villain... Starts monologuing. There There's Cap. That is four minutes later. <laughs> he's got a good grip, I guess. It's four minutes later, and he's still trying to hang on. And he's still hanging on. He hasn't. He hasn't been able to get back up there. We gotta hold on to what we've got. That's the line I was supposed to be doing earlier. Uh-huh. It doesn't make a difference if we make it or not. We got each other. Oh, now you're gonna get caught in the fan. That's gotta hurt. Hey, Tony, you know what? I'm a huge fan. Hardy har har. <laughs> now start it back up. Start it back up. Start it back up. Start it back up. Nope. Of course not. 
And there he goes. What I find interesting is he's willing to escape at the expense of Hawkeye's capture. Yeah, he doesn't, you know, he's like, nah, nah, I don't need Hawkeye anymore. It's funny how even Coulson knows that his death is going to inspire them. Gone too soon. He'll be back. Oh, man. What? What the heck was that? Well, we're just enjoying the movie now, aren't we? Benny there. Cap took this took the suit off. Oh, this is interesting. The table's not as full now. They've lost like everyone. <laughs> that Bloody is messed hero up though. Cards. Ugh. If you think about it. like that's almost as bad as, like, the bloody Joker cards from the Dark Knight. But Nick Fury had to go, like, dip them in blood or something. That's... Nick Fury is a, is a, is a sick mother effer. Occasionally. For him, the ends really do justify the means. I mean, he's right. They needed the push, but jeez... That wasn't a push. That was more like a shove. That too. To bring together. You mean to assemble? I want. Black Sabbath. He's a Black Sabbath fan. How funny. Was that what was playing on the radio earlier when he did the PA thing? Oh, it might be. I'm I'm not a Black Sabbath fan. So. I'm not either. I couldn't say for sure, but maybe somebody listening will know. I I didn't catch what the song was, but it's interesting that, that they were playing that because we all thought that maybe the Guardians of the Galaxy are the ones who introduced classic rock into their stuff you know, like during a movie but actually it may have been Tony yeah also why can he not summon his hammer well he's just taking his time I guess this scene I love oh nobody wants to see this either <laughs> you scared the hell out of some pigeons But I love how the guy's just totally like, he's chill. Like, he's not like, he literally saw a giant 
Hulk fall from the sky and then turn into a normal person. But he's like, nah, you know. Okay, but why do we why, why do we have this guy and not Stanley? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> why wasn't that a Stanley cameo? Does Stanley make a cameo in this? Well, yeah, he's in. He's later. He's in the. Uh, the the news report thing. He's he says, oh superheroes oh. in New York get out of here. Yeah, this yeah this, this right here that that close up that should that's that's like too obvious. That's way too obvious. That should have totally been a Stan Lee cameo. I never really thought about that. I that actor is great though, and he yeah, just no, no, recently it's, passed away. It's it's not a detriment to him at all. It's it's more of a you missed an opportunity there, Joss. Yeah. She's pretty trusting. Like he just kind of snaps out of it, or seemingly, and she's like, oh, "Okay, well, you know, we're we're good now." But see, she mentions the red in her ledger in this scene too, so that's what makes me think that she was telling Loki the truth. Oh, I, I don't, I don't doubt that she's got red in her ledger. That, that's not the part that I was doubting. I was doubting the story itself. Like, I think she would have made something up so that he doesn't have anything that can truly be used against her somewhere down the line. Yeah. But see, Loki springs it on her like, oh, yeah, you know, Barton told me all this stuff about you um, that seemingly spooks her, but doesn't. But, uh, you know, it's like, well, I mean, I mean, their their bond is something that he tried to use against her. Yeah, for sure. And again, this movie is so well paced. It, it takes its time, you know, it, it's sitting, you know, you're getting this really nice kind of emotional moment between several of the characters, but, you know... Well, I mean, you, you just got done with a really big action sequence, so yeah, you do need to take a quick breather, for sure. Mm-hmm. But crap is about to hit the fan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, jeez, we did, what, maybe 15 minutes of talk beforehand... So I'm I'm showing an hour fifty four on my audacity. I'm nervous to try and look at the at the timing on my device because I might end up hitting pause or rewind or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way. That's not much to look at. He's staring off dramatically at nothing. That's what you do. Brooding. I like to brood with a view, though. Fair enough. Like, I'll brood at the park, or I'll brood in my neighborhood, or I'll brood in line at Six Flags, or at the top of of the big tower. But brooding in an empty chamber? 
okay, they're at the scene of the crime, so maybe that's an okay place to brood, but, ah. Yeah. I, I like that they've, you know, even Tony and Steve in this movie have a little bit of an arc. You know, they start out not totally on the same page, really get into it, but ultimately come to this conclusion where, you Whoa. Know, that's a Coulson bloodstain. Yeah. I don't think I ever recognized that. Really? Yeah, it's been there. Intense. He wants an audience. They're starting to get they're starting to get into Loki's headspace and it's a little scary. And in Tony realizes he's not that much different from Loki. <laughs> um, has some similarities there. Now that's a view. That is a good place to brood. That's an excellent place to brood. If this was a DC movie, that's where you'd see Batman hanging out. That's where you see me hanging out. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> Just don't fall. Uh, I mean, that'd be a heck of a way to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I heard this theory that uh, you don't you don't really need a parachute to skydive. Oh, really? You only need it to do it twice. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's no, 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 how freaking no morbid is that? Okay, so while the team is assembling, a quick shout-out to our patrons. Joey Mays, Katie Horn, Jake Damon, Rachel Perry, Dan Grievous, and Parker Ott. You guys make episodes like this possible, and we would not be able to do it without you, and uh, I don't think we'd want to either. So, a uh, big shout-out to you guys for keeping us afloat the way you do every single week. Uh, if you want to become a patron, go check out patron.podbean.com forward slash IPC podcast to find out more. Yeah, I, Nick Fury has set this in motion, and now he just, you know, it's it's in their hands now. It's such it's such a weird thing seeing the Stark Tower in there, but not seeing the Twin Towers. Yeah, even even now it's weird. Like it's it's so so off putting. Like that's one of my least favorite things about watching the TV show Friends is they do a lot of cut scenes that cut like when they're in between sequences. They'll do a pan of the skyline, and the skyline always has the Twin Towers in it. Mm. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Well, there's that's... A, there was a thing. Um, I can't remember which Spider-Man movie it was, Tobey Maguire one, Raimi, um, where there was like some promotion, or maybe there was a scene in the movie where Spider-Man webs up some some criminals and catches them between the two towers. And that was, like, right around the same time as September 11th. I think it was taken out of the movie or something. Wow. But yeah, so, you know, it was this thing. And those Twin Towers, you forget how, like, how iconic they were for New York City. Um, and now, you know, now you, now in future Marvel movies, there's the, the Freedom Tower, or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. One World Trade Center is in the background. Um, and occasionally you'll see, like, get Daredevil, Daredevil in the Marvel shows sometimes... Avengers Tower isn't in the background for some reason. I don't know why. But, uh, great, 
great way to introduce like that, you know, kind of. I don't know how obscure it is, but like that thing from the comics, you know. Of course, the Avengers are going to have a giant building in the middle of New York City, right? Um, but doing it in this way that you know, ultimately, it's 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 Tony's baby. But it, I mean, he's 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 a, he's a billionaire, so I mean, it makes sense that a that a billionaire would build a tower in the middle of New York. Like, just buy up all the property, tear it down, and build something for yourself. Why not? Yeah. Your brother, the demigod. Oh, brother. This is... I mean, this is probably the most memeable scene. It's so iconic. It's so iconic. You see so many memes made out of this. But it's so good. It's so good. And it's... And it gives Loki some good time just to bounce off of Tony and vice versa. Well, yeah, he's got somebody to bounce off of now because for the most part he's just been like trying to set the stage for his conquest rather than being able to banter with somebody. So now he's actually got a chance to dialogue instead of monologue. Yeah. Also, I love the earlier line that Jarvis is like, ah, the mark whatever is not ready. He says, skip the spinning rims, we're on the clock. It's weird that that doesn't work, even though he has, I guess, I don't know. Ow. I mean, it's an arc reactor. It's, like, I don't know. Can withstand. I, I don't know. I don't I don't know the technology behind it. I don't know how it could withstand something like that. But, Did you see, I, mean, I mean, how did that not kill him? Like, he grabbed him by his chin and threw him out a window. Well, and all the glass, like, shards cutting into him and stuff. I don't know if you've noticed, but, like, hitting a window with your head hurts. Going through a window gotta hurt even more. Yeah. Also, that perfect timing for that that save. Beautiful. That's one of the few times you ever see him get truly nostalgic. Yeah. Like, doing something in honor of somebody else like that, like, that's very rare for Tony. But this is... This is first contact for this world. I mean, this is this is the normal world up until this point. And then it's they're like, not... oh, frickin' it... aliens... Not the happy-go-lucky, giving people the Vulcan peace sign, saying "Live long and prosper." We are here to exchange goods with you. Type of first contact. It's the hey, bleep you. We're gonna take over your entire planet. And I love, I love the the Stanley cameo in Infinity War, where he's like, "What's the matter with you kids? You never seen a spaceship before?" <laughs> Like this happens all the time, right? No like at, the, at, the, at like from now until Infinity War, it's now become so commonplace. Yeah, like it, it's hap- it's happened here. It's going to happen in Sokovia. It's going to happen in Cardiff. Uh, it's going to happen. Uh, I mean, there was a spaceship that came and took Peter Quill. Yeah, I mean this, this isn't this isn't really uncharted territory. They do a good job also with kind of highlighting certain people on the ground, kind of giving you those 
kind of important things and seeing it. You're not just seeing it from the hero's perspective. You're seeing it as how people, you know, how normal people are seeing it. You get to follow certain people. Um, and also, just conveniently, even though you know people are probably dying, <laughs> like they don't show civilians being killed. I guess everybody's got certain boundaries. Because if you just watch the movie, you're like, oh, yeah, nobody died. This is such a choppy fight scene. I'm sorry. Like, a hammer and a staff are two of some of the worst possible weapons, and you're trying to find a way to choreograph both of them? It's, it just looks so, so choppy to me. Yeah, it's not the best. It doesn't last very long, at least. Well, look at this. He's swinging this thing around, and is is your hammer a shield? Is it a point of attack? Do you swing into this hit? Do you swing away from it? Also, this right here, they could never pull up from that, like, velocity and not hit Grand Central Station. Very true. That always bothers me for some reason. I just threw him into a tiny piece of glass. Poor Thor. No big deal. Well, you should have known that was going to happen. Like he, 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 It literally happened earlier in the movie, yeah. and you were able to dodge it, but now you don't, can't. You know, tell the, tell the pilot earlier, don't get too close to the Hulk. He gets too close. No? No, I mean, like, in Germany. No, no, I'm saying that, yeah, that too. Like, you know, they knew, they know what Loki's capable of. And they just don't give a tiny rat's ass, apparently. It's a decent landing. Didn't kill anybody either. I mean, look at Revenge of the Sith, you know? Another happy landing. Another happy landing. Exactly. Oh, did you see that? Citibank, Citibank, Audi. Uh, I'm trying to find all the product placement we're getting in this. (laughs) I think this was actually... I think this bit is actually inside. It's like green screen stuff, but a lot of the... Like the shots of the buildings, stuff like that. It's not New York. I think it's Cincinnati. Well, but it's but what I what I'm what I'm getting at is like the pro, yeah the the companies, regardless of like the cityscape, the companies are paying for their names to make cameos in there. Probably it's no like, it's no Man of Steel, but it's you know there is some stuff in there. Well, I mean all of all of Tony's uh, vehicles are all the same brand. Did you ever notice that? Oh really? I didn't notice. No. Even even his sports cars, everything that he drives, I believe, is is an Audi. The five circles, that's an Audi, isn't it? Or the four circles? I think so. Yeah. Even his even his sports cars have the four circles, which is completely different from something like The Dark Knight, where Bruce Wayne has like a ton of different vehicles, and he decides to take out the Lamborghini during The Dark Knight, like. Holy smokes! Lamborghini paid for an appearance in, in a in a Batman movie. <laughs> it's another Lamborghini day. I love. I love. See, he still sees the best in people. Yeah. He's like he, he genuinely believes. Like, oh yeah, Loki's gonna turn. No, no, Loki's not. This brother, I like him. Another. Love that okay. Whoa. Oh man. Nice save. I've seen I've seen a move like that before in the Hobbit movies. Yeah. You fall off of the tree. You fall right onto a, onto an eagle. 
All right, what do we got? What's the plan of attack? Our plan is attack. And see, that's what's like this. This whole sequence is. Oh, Doctor Pepper, Doctor Pepper. <laughs> this whole sequence is f- phenomenal. Like this thing, it's it's the, some of the best action they've ever done. But like, <clears throat> one thing that's I think it's even missing from like Age of Ultron and even Infinity War is the whole idea that like all these guys they got something to do, you know. And later you have. Cap going, okay, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. Mm-hmm. And it's this coordinated effort. It's not mindless action. It's, okay, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to actually end this. We're trying, to, we've got a job to do. Um, but it so looks freaking cool. Oh, yeah, it is It is fantastic. It looks great. Um, and it's exciting. It's, it's really well done action, but it's also, like, there's a purpose to it. It's not like, you know, and you know... Like yeah, the, you know, you got to put these people up against like this massive giant army in order to like you know raise the stakes and whatever. But like it, it, it makes sense. You know, it's it's very logical in the way it's done. Yeah, shoot down oh. the aliens with your pistols again with the freaking handguns. What is it with you people? Okay, this young guy on the left, he appears in Agent Carter. In the 40s. <laughs> He's one of the several actors to play, like, multiple characters in the MCU. Yeah, there's, He's like, a... that unpopular opinion that's going around on Twitter right now where one person says uh, Agent Carter deserves her own movie. And I'm like, I'm sorry, she got seven hours of stuff multiple times. She did pretty good for a minor, like, a you know, a supporting character in these movies. She's done better than most. Well, I mean, what I mean is she's got her own miniseries. Yeah. You know, and these days, in my estimation, miniseries are actually better than movies. Because... I, I agree. They give you a whole lot more time to flesh out the characters, that you have certain sequences that are, like, almost completely dedicated to action and they look awesome. Like, as much as I love movies, I enjoy things like Daredevil and Stranger Things and... You know, you know those, those uh, Game of Thrones, ten episodes of something for an entire season. You know, I I think I much prefer those to waiting three or four years for for a new movie. You know. And here's Thor. There we go. He's back. The Lord of Thunder. As a team. As a team. Yep, you're getting the hang of this. this did, you see, did you see the title of the movie, guy? This is The Avengers. You're supposed to team up. It's to work together. Yeah, my brother used to pronounce it The Avengers. <laughs> Until I corrected him. By the way, I can't get over the fact that Bruce Banner is not wearing any underwear in this scene. Well, I mean, they're only showing him from the waist up, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> this is just, this is classic. This this whole sequence. This is just the best. Also, how are these things flying? Like... Uh, alien technology? Like they come out of space, but... Dang. I'm always angry. 
Nice. Nice. Okay, so why can he stop a Chitari ship, but he can't stop the big monster in Ragnarok? Also, yeah. the music. That the music. Is this music, though. Oh, that's a great shot. Here's our money shot. Right here, folks. The money shot. That's it. These are the surviving members of the apocalypse. I mean, yeah, they're all still alive. I mean, let's look ahead to Infinity War. They're all still around. Um, Which is... You know, it's it's going to be interesting. And I don't want to get into spoilers, but... I think this is this is going to be relevant again. I think people are going to be looking at this movie again, and I think it's kind of fitting that we're, we're watching this movie right now because. So here's here here's a, here's a thought. I'm not necessarily going to call this a theory because I'm not going to like bet money on it or anything. But do you suppose that the Chitari are kind of pissed off that they didn't get to lay claim to Earth, and maybe they end up teaming up with the Avengers to fight Thanos because he didn't hold true to his promise? Maybe you think, like, the Jatari are... Well, like, what are the Jatari anyway? Because, like, they appear to be aliens, but then they do the whole Phantom Menace thing at the end where they all drop dead because they lost connection with their home base or whatever. Like, so are they robots? Are they, like... They're obviously not, like, autonomous, like, people. I don't know. I'd like, I'd like to think they're a hive mind. Maybe. And when you lose connection to the hive mind, um, then you lose you lose your autonomy. Yeah. Thunderbolt and lightning, very, very frightening. <laughs> Galileo. Galileo. That's just like, I mean, it's funny how we keep bringing up Ragnarok, but why not bring up Ragnarok? Because it's great. Um, why not? Like, you see, like Thor really unleashing the thing, but like he did a lot of lightning right there. Like that was that was pretty impressive. See, look, watch him. There he goes. He he hit that thing perfectly. Blew it up. He wasn't he's looking just, at it. He's just got the timing down or something. I I don't know. He's just. And the different kinds of arrows, like well, this corrosive arrow or whatever, like that just erodes them out, <laughs> like so, like so ingenious. Yeah, and Hawkeye's right; they can't bank worth a damn. Like they're all the time crashing. Very true. I mean, it's it's hard to like provide commentary on this because it's like just eye candy. It is. It is. You know, you're like, you're just watching this, going, "Holy like, crap!" This is, this is quality entertainment, man. Quality. And what are you just standing there watching it for? Like, I mean, you got nothing better to do. I mean, I'm I'm not saying I wouldn't do the same thing. Grab um, on by the if there was tooth, aliens outside, I'd be like, "Holy crap, this is cool." Thor's just. I mean, Hulk is just punching the thing in the mouth. <laughs> There's actually scuff marks on Cap's shield. 
see, again, like, it's not like, oh, we're just going to fight them. Like, no, we got to freaking close the portal. Well, you got to like, do something. Otherwise, you're just, like, infinitely fighting. You've like, got to find some way to win rather than just sustain. Did that sound like a pod just it, now? That's that's the pod. I'm always I love hearing like I'll hear Star Wars sound effects in Marvel movies. I love picking them out. And man, she does a number on this guy. Like she stabs him in the back and then <laughs> takes over. They can't even pilot those things worth a damn. Like how is she doing it? She's piloting the pilot basically. Yeah. Oh. Also, this big, giant, long money shot. So good. This is the... Oh, that was cool. It deflected off of the shield and, like, bounced off. Yeah. Okay, how long before his infinite arrow collection runs out? Not very long. Like, I mean, there's literally hundreds, if not thousands, of Chitari right now. He's got to run out of ammo soon. Hulk and Thor smash. But not each other. Well, there goes Grand Central. Grand Central Station or my aunt's constipation? Ouch. Madagascar reference. Anybody? <laughs> I don't remember that one for some reason. They're they're riding on the subway, and Alex gets mad <clears throat> that the New York Knicks lost again. And then the intercom goes like... And he goes, did that just say Grand Central Station or my aunt's constipation? <laughs> oh, boy. Freaking love that movie, man. Maybe we should do a Madagascar series sometimes. That would be... A blast, because yes, I love Madagascar. The first one's the best, but I'm biased. Yep. yep. I actually haven't seen any of the sequels. The third one's okay. I didn't really care for the second one. I felt like they had a lot of messages that they were trying to tell, and it ended up affecting the comedy. Hmm. Move out of the way. Cap's just right. People. Seriously. Oh no! You don't take the mask off of a superhero. That's a big no-no. My secret identity! Wait, no, there's no secret identities in this universe. That hurt. That hurts. Okay, like but landing I mean, on a car like that. I mean, that... Spider-Man's got a secret identity. He's the only one, though. <laughs> well, I mean, Tony tried to cover things up, and then he just decided to come clean, and I I much prefer that anyway, because he's just that flamboyant, you know? And that's the one thing I love about this universe. I le- what's one thing I love about... We just talked about Aquaman. Like... Other that they kind of explore the Here idea it is. of <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt stupid, you, but I love no, that line. No, 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 no. That was perfectly perfectly good interruption. It's a stupid ass decision. Um But like Aquaman in the bar and he's like, you know, like let me take a selfie with you. Like they're you know, of course, if superheroes were real, they would be celebrities and everyone would be you know like want selfie with them i mean i definitely want a selfie with aquaman aquaman and captain america and and black widow those are the ones those are the ones that i would want a selfie with and i see i went to i went to new orleans wizard world and 
Jason Momoa apparently was there, but he wasn't there the day I went, and I was very oh, disappointed. Oh, wow. Yeah, missed him. Dang it. Wow. And are you noticing that the letters on Stark Tower are gradually falling off now? Uh-huh, yep. We had the R and the K, and I think we just lost the T. We might only have the S left. Oh, my gosh. How did I forget about this scene? Oh, my gosh. I almost forgot this scene completely. This is the first thing I ever saw because this leaked on YouTube. And I saw this before I saw the movie. Ow. Ow. (laughs) That's the last monologue he did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Puny God. I am a god. Whap, whap, whap. Beauty god. <laughs> so great. So great. No, no, it kind of was your fault. <laughs> nah. Dr. Selvig goes through Selvig. a lot. Selvig, yeah, I was about to say. he He has to go through this... And then he ends up, like, dancing naked somewhere at some point, doesn't he? Uh-huh. Yeah. He has a pretty t- rough time in, in Dark World. and Yeah. I mean, just in general, like, Selvig's life just... It's like one cluster after another. And... I, wonder, I, he was, I think he was... I hope he shows up in Endgame. I'm, I was kind of missing him in Infinity War. We need Jane back in Endgame, man. <sighs> that ain't never gonna happen. I want a love triangle between Jane and Valkyrie and, oh. Oh, he just made the Jonah reference, didn't yep. he? Yep. He went all biblical on us. We are farmers. Bum, ba dum bum, 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 bum. Ah, <laughs> oh, great. Now I'm gonna have that song stuck in my head. Oh, and he ran was, on arrows. They're and, gone now. And there was the shawarma restaurant that he talks about in a little bit. And oh. and there was a banner for Southwest Airlines. You got a triple product placement in that right there. Yeah. Should be advertising arrows because, you know, Hawkeye needs to be on Amazon ordering some arrows right now. Man, that would have to be like super prime delivery. <laughs> Get it? Super Prime. Uh, see, uh, see, this is this is what you're supposed to do when you crash through a glass window. You're supposed to cry in pain because you just got cut up by a bunch because of shards. Because it freaking hurts. Ah, uh, yeah, you're that's right, not. Hulk. All you're gonna do is make him mad. I like how Loki is still just up there moaning, probably. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Don't give Sam Jackson a bazooka, bitches. <laughs> Holy smokes. Hit the wrong one, Nick. Did he? Yep. Oh, damn it. Yes. Yes. Shoot it down with a Glock. That <laughs> again, will again, work. The stupid guns. They think they have some kind of overpowered pistols. It's going to do nothing. Ow, that hurts. 
like how that one Jatari tries to give Tony a bear hug as he's flying off. So they would rather nuke all of New York with the aliens inside it than try it's and save it with It's not going to do anything. Heroes. Like, that's how stupid it is. Like, the portal is up in the air, and, like, well, you I drop... Well, I mean, it, it, it literally is a stupid-ass decision. Yeah, it is. Like, it's not going to do anything. Like, they're like, oh, we're just going to throw a bomb at it. We're just going to nuke the city, because that's smart. It's like their version of hitting the reset button or something, I guess. But, uh, you can tell the fatigue is starting to set in here, too. Oh, yeah, they're really... You know, they, they're all bloody and worn down. and Yeah, they're, they're about... They're worn out. But it's about to be over. Oh, man. Things are getting tense now. Intense, it really is. There's, I haven't there's seen. So I many, haven't, so I haven't many seen anything ideas. this intense since I went camping. Ah! <laughs> Sorry, too much. Really quick, I like the fact, and I, I think I talked about this on Twitter, I think, or Facebook. But I like the fact that he he is calling Pepper Potts right here because he he's about to go into space and maybe thinks he's about to die. <laughs> and then the same thing happens in Infinity War. <laughs> that they're having a conversation, they get cut off. Well, but know. at least he gets through in Infinity War. Yeah, at least he did. He made a little bit of progress. This one's just like, oh, straight to voicemail. Oh, straight to voicemail. He came really close to nuking his own tower because... Ugh! Because physics... That's a great shot. I love that he d- disappears. And they're all celebrating, but... I mean, it ain't over. It ain't over till the black man sings. <laughs> yeah, you got Oh, no you're signal. out of range, Tony! You're in space now! That That's like extra data roaming charges. <laughs> It's a wonder, like, Thanos wasn't up there and didn't kill him. I guess you really not... think... Did you really think he was going to be part of this? No, but, like, he has to be around somewhere. The like control he's... ship has been destroyed. Look! <laughs> they are brookie! <laughs> need to add. You know what? Avengers stole from Phantom Menace twice. I just realized it. They have the giant shield in Infinity War, and they have the 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 uh, thing. The, the the Avengers are basically the Gungans. They, they're taking all their ideas. Well, I mean, we just heard pod racer noises too. Yeah, exactly. Believe it or not, the Phantom Menace is actually iconic for this generation. What a surprise! Yeah, seriously. Yeah, people actually like it. Who would have thunk? Oh, I know my brother does. He loves Jar Jar Binks. He thinks Jar Jar Binks is the best thing to ever happen to this universe. Well, he is. He's, uh, he is absolutely right. Of 
Also, how is the Hulk conscious enough to make a save like that? He's he's. See, I I mean the, uh, the I think the logic I think that they established in Ragnarok is like the Hulk. The longer he's the Hulk, the more intelligence the Hulk things, and like he talks in this movie, so he's like, and he's been like the Hulk for like two years in Ragnarok, and I can't wait to see him in in game because there there's gonna be a lot of Hulk talking probably. Also, this movie is from 2012, and look how great the Hulk looks. Oh, he looks fantastic. Looks absolutely fantastic. And he's just completely CG character. I mean, he looks even better in future movies, but he looks really good here. People go back to the Incredible Hulk. He doesn't look very good in that movie, but he's way different. Well, there's a, there's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... Happily ever after. A lot of death and destruction, but happily ever after. Poor Loki. Actually, no, poor Screw Loki. He deserved that. This is a great shot. Love this. They're all there. Even Tony. He didn't even get out of the, the suit. He just walked up there in his, in his, like, you know, almost destroyed Iron Man suit. Can you imagine the elevator ride with the Hulk and everything? How did they all get up there? That's exactly what I'm saying. Tony flew. I know Tony flew. Could he fly, though? I thought he lost his like boosters and everything when he went to space. What about his boot boosters? Maybe. I don't know. If he has the ability to fly, you know he's going to fly. Kevin Feige, answer our questions. I want to know how the Avengers got to the top of Stark Tower at the end of the movie. Stanley cameo coming up. Thank you, Avengers. <laughs> Man, that is such a brief cameo. It is. It seems like they didn't, like, some, like, Incredible Hulk, he's, like, has just like a one little bit roll. I think they realized like they had gold with Stan Lee, so they just kept giving She him got a crush gold. on him. She crushing on him hardcore. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? I love this scene. I love I love just the whole I mean and it you know and this is just seeing it in the context of just this movie and realizing what could possibly happen in the future and, you know, the whole idea of, you know, this is sending a message to, you know, that, you know, Earth can, Earth's, Earth's got a, Earth's mighty's heroes, they're going to stand up. And also them just going their separate ways, like, those uh, sunglasses makes him look like Cyclops from the X-Men. <laughs> So look at Tony's car. Oh yeah. See, see what even, see, see what even, see what brand it is. It's a big fancy sports car, but look, yeah. it's an Audi. Every car, every car that Tony Stark drives 
is an Audi of some kind. The orange one at the end of Ultron, that's also an Audi. I bet. Sheesh. Well, they're fixing up the old helicarrier. And then they'll be back one day. And then they're going to crash a few of them in a few, a few years. They'll be back. And that's how your Aunt Robin joined the Avengers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a new Stark Tower. Why? Oh, is she barefoot? No, she's got to be in flats. No, I think she's barefoot. Why is she barefoot? I don't understand. That's what... Wait, she's barefoot the entire movie. She's the real superhero. My gosh, there's so much shattered glass around there. That's worse than stepping on a freaking Lego. You're right. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Whew. This end title sequence is great. Everything about this movie is great, but, like... Everything. Like, you could say so much. We, We barely scratched the surface on, like... And there was a lot of moments where just like, as you guys probably noticed, we were like, just enthralled with the movie, didn't say anything. Well, I mean, I think that's okay, though. I mean, the the pacing of the movie also allows for decent pacing of the conversation. And we got to talk about a couple of other movies and make references and tie-ins and connections and behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff. And honestly, this is the first time we've really tackled anything that's over two hours long. And, yeah. and tried to discuss it. I, I feel like we did a pretty decent job. I do, too. And, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I want to let everybody know, like, this is kind of our first time doing something of this scale. Like, you know, we try new things. We try to, you know, branch out and try different concepts. I mean, even the, even the top five thing that we do, like, that's a really popular thing that we do that you guys love. We just started a couple years ago. Like, we just say, hey, we'll just do this thing, and it turned out that you guys really, really loved it. So if you like this, if you want to hear us do more commentaries on any other movie, like, let us know. Because we could, we could go in some really interesting directions. I, um, I have a collection of almost 250 movies to choose from. Please, give me an excuse to watch one of them again. Exactly. Or watch one of them for the first time. Although I might have to put a cap on something like Zombies. I don't think Ben will concede to watching Zombies for a third time in his life. You know what I will concede to watching though, and this is my this is my personal request. We can talk about this later as far as what we want to do. Uh-huh. I concede to doing Jurassic Park one day. Dude, yes, I was thinking that. Like that would be a great tie-in to our long-standing Jurassic arc. That would be so cool. Ooh, post-credit scene. Yeah. Mid-credit scene, actually. Whatever. First appearance of Thanos. Whatever. Oh, that's such a that's such a great comics reference, though. 
Yeah, it is. It is though. It is because you know because in the comics he courts the Lady Death. Oh, going back to Jurassic Park. (laughs) <laughs> going going back to Jurassic Park, I'm still fixated on that. I was actually thinking if we did this again, I would want to do Jurassic Park. Absolutely, 110% on board with that. I'm always looking for an excuse to watch Jurassic Park. <laughs> oh, man. So... Uh. Let's uh let's do, let's do a planet score. The last time we discussed this movie, we didn't have planet scores in effect. Let's yeah. uh let's add this to our database. Um, for those of you listening, we rate our movies out of ten. Ten being the highest, we can do them in half point increments as well. Um, I'm losing my voice a little bit, which is going to be dangerous because I have to work tomorrow. That'll be fun. Ooh. But uh, planet scores, rating out of ten. You got any thoughts, Ben? Um. I'm going to I don't see how any way around this. I'm going to say 10 out of 10. Dang, dude. Dang. This, mo- this movie is near perfect, if not perfect. So I'm, I'm going to counter that with the CGI looks a little overdone at times to me. And... Um, I also have to like look at it in comparison to the other Marvel films and some of the other stuff that's been produced since then. Uh, if I'm looking at it in the moment, you know, if I'm looking at it doing a planet score from 2012, I'm absolutely giving it a 10 out of 10. Because up until this point, nothing else had been this beautiful. But there are ones that come after this movie that I tend to enjoy more. So... Uh, enjoyment level, CGI, uh, some of the action involving the handguns. I ribbed them a, quite a few times in this movie, more times than <laughs> I remember, trying to shoot stuff down with handguns. Like, come on. There's there's just a few things I have a hard time uh, suspending my disbelief on. But overall, <clears throat> a really great movie. And so I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a nine out of ten. Mm, um, fair enough. It, fair it's, enough. It's, it's it's not it's not like. The stuff is so egregious and so terrible that I can't possibly find any way to enjoy it, but uh, just enough that i got to put a, a couple of knocks on it. Oh, look at that. It says Ohio unit. You're right. There they you did go. do a lot of shooting in Ohio. How about that? There you go. Uh, okay, so if you want to tell us about what other commentaries to do or you just want to follow us on social media in general, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IPC Podcast. Go give us a follow there. If you want to listen to other episodes of us discussing movies rather than doing live commentaries, we've got a whole library of that at ipcpodcast.podbean.com. We are also on iTunes, we are also on Google Play, and we are also on StarWarsUnderworld.com. So wherever you listen from, be sure to subscribe, give us a rate and review, give us some feedback so that we know what to do in the near future. I think next week we're setting up for a top five episode, which should be really fun. Uh, You guys love doing those ones and we love doing them for you so be sure to stay tuned for that and um yeah go follow us on social media as well you can find me on instagram and twitter at zach z-a-c underscore d-f-w and you can find ben on twitter and instagram at ben hart with no e just spell mm-hmm. it out phonetically um also we've got some cool swag available online I almost forgot about that. I usually forget to mention this, but we have a swag shop. T Public, T E E as in t shirt, tpublic.com. 
slash user slash IPC podcast. We've got the uh, original logo, the planetary logo, and a barbecue segmented logo that we've got up there. So there's a ton of really awesome stuff, everything from t-shirts to hoodies to phone cases to coffee mugs. Be sure to go check that out sometime as well. Absolutely. Ooh, man. I love, how, I love how we're doing our credits in the middle of the credits. Yeah, I mean, it seems appropriate, doesn't it? It does. I mean, we're we're kind of getting all of our stuff out of the way the same way they're getting their stuff out of the way. But uh, let's say we do our mid-credits sequence yeah. now that their mid-credits sequence is done. It's our last element of the night, and it actually ties into the post-credits scene that you're going to see at the very end of these credits. So let's get rocking and rolling so that you can see it and enjoy it. Ladies and gentlemen, get out your hashtags. Put it in the chat if you're listening live. Put it on social media if you're not. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and anything else that carries a hashtag. It's time for hashtag BBQ Watch. Barbecue. 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 Barbecue, 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 that barbecue watch music just fits right in with that Alan Silvestri score. I mean, it really does. Um, so I'm going to try and get to this as really quickly as we can because today's topic is shawarma. <laughs> it's coming up. It's just a second. Iron Man makes a reference to shawarma. He says he sees a shawarma restaurant and he wants to check it out. So he takes the gang to go take a look at it. Shawarma is a uh, Middle Eastern meat that is prepared uh, originally made of lamb or mutton, today's shawarma can also be chicken, turkey, beef, or veal, cut into thin slices and stacked in a cone-like shape on a vertical rotisserie. Thin slices are shaved off a cooked surface as it continues to rotate. It's one of the most popular street foods, especially in Egypt and along the Arabian Peninsula. So they go and try some shawarma here in the middle of the aftermath after the attack on New York. They're all kind of nodding along to it, trying it out. Well, well, let's see. Let's see how it goes. I kind of like it. The pictures that I've seen look rather cone-shaped in nature. But it looked like Thor might have been having a sandwich there of some kind. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, I really don't eat a whole lot of lamb or mutton or veal. But I'm curious about maybe applying some barbecue sauce to that. I think if you were to slow cook it kind of on a rotisserie like that, you could definitely make a a barbecue type of shawarma, absolutely. Yeah, I think totally. Like, we've talked about barbecuifying so many things. Um, This sounds like a perfect candidate because it's kind of this, I guess it's kind of wrap thing that you put different things in and you you take, uh, you know, lamb, veal, stuff like that. Um, Very, very cultural type of thing. And uh, definitely very New York esque in a oh, way. Oh, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, that surely, and, that and surely someone has done it. Surely someone has, you know, used that. Oh, no doubt. I, I'm sure that there is some kind of, of like 
style or a cart or a restaurant or something that puts barbecue sauce on it or, or makes it taste more like barbecue, uh, maybe slap some baked beans on top of it or something like that. I mean, that's the whole beauty of New York creativity is you can kind of come up with anything and make anything out of anything. So exactly. uh, it, no doubt that they've done something like that. But uh, it's just interesting to see that they've kind of tied that culture into the movie and that maybe we can tie it into some of the stuff that we talk about. Always a good time here on the IPC podcast. Oh, this was great. This was fantastic. You know, I always love watching vendors anyway, so why not do it on the show? Have a good discussion about it, and, you know, just have a good time with it. And I'm looking forward to doing more of these, hopefully, if you guys want us to do so, of course. Yeah, so let us know. Go find us on social media at the IPC podcast, or just IPC podcast, not the IPC podcast. But go find the IPC podcast online. Let us know what you thought of tonight's episode if you want to see us do it again. Uh, I know I would like to do it, but uh, this has always been about our fans. It's always been about our listeners. And that's why a top five episode is coming next week. So be sure to stay tuned for that. But I do believe that that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast. The movie is over, and now the show is over. I'm putting this one to bed, and then I'm putting myself to bed right after it. Episode 222 is officially in the books. For Benjamin Hart, I'm Zach Arnold. Thank you for tuning in with us. We hope that you'll tune in next time. But until then, we just want to leave you with this closing thought. Without honor, victory is hollow. We hope to see you next time right here on IPC. But until then... Good night, everyone.
puny god. 